Stand by to receive our transmission. Where are you boys from in the world? Alabama, sir. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to the Bama Geeks Podcast. We're four friends diving into our favorite pop culture topics with a dash of Southern charm. Right, we have the tools, we have the talent. It's Miller time. Whoa, this is heavy. Pizza dude's got 30 seconds. Wait, what? Crazy? You didn't say I was crazy. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. You want something done, you've got to do it yourself. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes! So grab your biscuits and gravy, a glass of sweet tea, and enjoy the nerdy hospitality of Brock and Jessica Parker, Bo Bearden, and Kevin Gardner. This is the way. This is the way. Hey, we're the Bama Geeks. It's episode 27. Hope you're doing extremely well. Hello to everybody watching us on YouTube, and hello to all the audio feed listeners. I'm Brock Parker, and with me, as always, my friends, my family. Hi, it's Jessica. Hi. Hello, everyone. And since I totally interrupted Jess, and I apologize, it's uh, okay. this is Kevin. Hi, Kev. <laughs> Fine. There you go. Uh, how's everybody been doing? It's been a couple of weeks since we've all had a chance to sit down and chat and catch up with each other. You know, it's been springtime in Alabama with all the yeah. in- entertaining weather and pollen trying to destroy us all but i mean beyond that i'm doing good yeah we're doing good here at the parker household right now as we're recording this on sunday night wrestlemania is taking place and uh we did watch that last night along with the uh part one of wrestlemania because now there's two parts to it now and we watched the hall of fame induction ceremony which was pretty awesome and wrestlemania following that last night good to see uh to see the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin last night, mm-hmm. but everything's going well in the Parker household. Uh, so far as the Gardner household, um, not quite as exciting as WrestleMania. <laughs> I, uh, I, <laughs> unless you count wrestling trying to get a fence built, well, WrestleMania. I don't think that quite counts the same. But yeah, I've I've started doing. Um, you know, this, this is the perfect time of year. It's the perfect mm-hmm. time of year to do any kind of household outside chores because yep. this is that, that magical period even though we have to fight pollen this is that magical period where the we don't have to fight the heat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so right now it's perfect i've had the windows open even though pollen's everywhere um had the windows open for the, for the most part and i've just been outside marking and and uh, figuring out where i'm going to be putting my fence you know bringing the neighbors in making sure they're all good with it you know and uh, just trying to be a good neighbor and yeah and just getting started with it so it's yeah it's been it's been fun yeah <laughs> see w- we needed this segment sponsored by state farm like a good neighbor kevin, kevin is there yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh last weekend we took in the uh, bulls hockey game they had star oh, yeah. wars night and uh, mm-hmm. as most of y'all saw on the on the social media we gave kevin a surprise at the at the hockey game that night that was fun I'll tell you something guys Brock better be glad it was him, and I actually turned and looked at him <laughs> when, he, when he was behind me because all I felt was was breath on the back of my neck, and I was about to turn around and punch somebody in the face. <laughs> well, and you, I just you... happened to turn, and I saw his silhouette, and, and saw him, and I was like, "Okay, disarm, 
<laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, Kevin, you wouldn't have been the only fellow throwing punches that night. So it's a hockey game. Yeah. It's a hockey game. And Kevin's sure. first. Kevin's first Bulls game. That was my first yeah. Bulls game. How'd you enjoy that? It was fun. And I really enjoyed um I don't know his first name, but the the player uh in the on the Bulls, Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> that guy you can tell he lives for fights. Yeah. He, I don't I can't even count how many times he, he started a fight. And every time you saw him, he was smiling the whole time he started the fight. Yep. I was like, that guy lives for fights. Mm-hmm. And it was hilarious to watch him. So <laughs> Oh hey. Oh, Hello. Hey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Phone call. Somebody trying to call um, in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Line yeah, one. Guys, Where are you calling not quite from? Ready for the call and listener segment? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At some point, we'll introduce uh, voicemails, maybe. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> Calls from the public. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you, it it it's been wonderful having a, a green car when it's actually blue, like you said, Kev, because of all the pollen. <laughs> it's almost pointless to wash your car off at this moment. Yeah. So. I'll, I'll try to give it a rent soon, but it's, yeah, my blue car is green. It's great. But the allergies haven't kicked in yet, thankfully. So, well, I'm glad to hear we've all, all been doing okay. And uh, we're, we're going to jump right into this episode. Yes. This is one that I've been looking forward to for a long time. We have been setting this up for the last couple of months <laughs> uh, in eager anticipation. Uh, as you can see, especially with uh, with Jess and her out of time shirt. And then I've got a, a Biff Pitbull uh, hoverboard shirt going on. We love Back to the Future. But I dare say there's somebody that we've got on tonight that loves Back to the Future even more. So much, in fact, that he runs the backtothefuture.com. He runs the website. He runs the Back to the Future social media channels. He runs the store. This guy is wonderful. I've known him for if I'm not mistaken, about 20 years. And, you know, on Bama Geeks, we we love pop culture. We love to tie in pop culture back to our state, back to Alabama, mm-hmm. because a, a lot of things people wouldn't know about Alabama and how, you know, how it relates to the entertainment industry and pop culture. You know, we get to bring those nuggets out. We love to highlight the stuff. So we're going to bring him on right now. This is... Mr. Stephen Clark. Yay! Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. How are y'all? hey welcome, Stephen. Stephen. Hey, good to see you. Good to have you. Oh, it's fantastic to have you, my friend. Wow, it is. Uh, we were sitting here talking right before we started recording, and it has been nine years since uh, we've seen you in person. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Last time we saw Steve, he was uh, at the Alabama Phoenix Festival in 2013. He had his booth set up there, and he had uh, Oliver and Terry Holler uh, with their uh, their DeLorean. And uh, you know what? We said after nine years, it's been way too long. <laughs> it has. We, we, we've I kept it. got a little gray ever since. <laughs> Same. Same. I, I, I was a brunette last time you saw me. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of a going thing in this podcast, yeah. by the way. <laughs> we, we, we discuss just how old we are. And yeah, it's it's just a normal thing. We're all gray. <laughs> yeah. So we, we wanted to. Uh, Steve's been a, a gentleman that I've wanted to have on the podcast for a while. And, and we finally uh, got to make it happen. And the timing is on purpose. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, we haven't—I haven't seen him in 
in nine years in person and we don't live that far from each other. No, we don't. <laughs> in fact, over the last four years, I've lived even closer, <laughs> but we're finally going to get to see each other the weekend of April 22nd, 23rd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Huntsville Pop Culture Expo. Uh, that's probably not the correct name of the show. I think it's the Huntsville Comic Con and uh, Pop Culture Expo. I believe that's there right. Yes. There you go. HSPExpo.com. Yeah. There you go. So, so Steve is, is in North Alabama. And so this is a nice, hopefully quick little journey for oh, him to yeah. get over there. Really easy. <laughs> So uh, I know Jess and, and Kevin and I, we're all going to go mm -hmm. up uh, that Saturday, and we're finally going to get to see him in person for the first time yeah. in yep. ages. So cannot wait. And, um, <laughs> you know, we're, we'll get to all that. Uh, we'll make sure that you, you guys have the details on that so you can come and join Steve and, and all the wonderful celebrity guests, including Leah Thompson. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. That's right. She'll be there as well as Oliver and Terry with the DeLorean. They'll also be there. Yes. So, uh, and It'll be a lot of fun where I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, we've, uh, uh, the hollers and I have been trying to do, uh, this show for the last <laughs> couple of years and we were committed in 2020 and, uh, <laughs> yep. uh something, yep. something happened, uh, worldwide, uh, and we had to back out and then we kind of thought about it for last year and it just didn't gel real well <laughs> again. And so, uh, uh, third time's the charm. Yeah. Could you guys go back to the future and fix that? We personally didn't, but we know people. <laughs> well, you, uh, yeah, you, you texted me back uh, a couple of months before that one in mm -hmm. 2020. I was like, Hey, you guys coming up? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and so we, we were on the edge of, of coming up there. And then you let me know uh, we've yeah. all backed out. Yeah. Like, okay, well then yeah. we're not coming. <laughs> but we did go last year but uh we're definitely going to we make it we, we did we went up there mm -hmm. to meet emily swallow you know who plays the armorer on mm -hmm. the mandalorian so that was our and uh her agent's one of our really good friends uh from okay. orlando so uh, we wanted to come up and see them so mm -hmm. so this year we're going to come right back and it's all for you and leah and oliver and terry that's right nice. <laughs> mostly for leah <laughs> mostly for I'm, for me i'm glad i'm glad i'll get to see you yeah man I, I, i'm coming up primarily for you and for oliver and terry for sure yeah we got to just got to meet oliver and terry last summer when mm -hmm. we were on vacation in in myrtle beach yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it slipped my mind that that's where they live and you yeah, and yeah. you messaged me he's like you're gonna see oliver and terry and i'm like you know Whoa. what <laughs> yeah. oh yeah yep. they live here <laughs> yeah and had a had a nice dinner with them the, uh while Good. we were up there and mm -hmm. sitting there the in the sitting there in the restaurant with the delorean parked right outside the window <laughs> and watching the crowd gather around the car yeah. and everybody ignored that car <laughs> and uh got to sit in the car had to Good. oliver yeah. set that up and i got to sit in it got a few pictures of me sitting in their car so yeah and and while we were in there eating, uh, people that were actually taking pictures of the car, we came back out and some people had dropped some money in the uh, nice. the Mr. Fusion in the back for the donations for Team Fox. So that was good to see. Mr. Compassion. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, well, maybe uh, maybe when they're set up at Huntsville, Jess, you can actually like, stand on the hoverboard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. They've got one they set up outside the car. And yeah. uh, actually, I met, uh, I've already met Leah once 
at uh, Atlanta Comic Con, and that was back in 2018, wasn't it? 2018, I think, when the we went. 2018, 2019. Yeah. I always, you know, 2020, I always usually, usually lose a year somewhere in my going back and trying to remember things. So, But I have met Leah before. Super wonderful. She's so nice. I mean, I go up for my photo op, and she says, she says, well, come here, beautiful girl. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, you're Leah Thompson. You're far more prettier than I am. <laughs> Funny. Uh, I met Leah in Dragon Con 2015, 2014, 2015. <laughs> and I walked up to her table. And I'm like, we have a mutual friend. And she's like, yeah, who? And I said, Stephen Clark. And she goes, oh, my gosh, how do you know Steve? And I'm like, we're from Alabama. <laughs> I'm going to have to remind her ahead of time that I'm here. So, uh, so it's not a big shock, but I think she forgets that I live here. In Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, once again, man, we're so glad that, uh, that you glad decided to, to join us. And, yeah, absolutely. And so an honor. We, we want to talk about you. We want to talk about the franchise and your ties okay. to it and just how everything came to be. So I guess we can start all the way back at the beginning. Uh, obviously, you know, the catalyst for your love of Back to the Future was the the first movie. So yeah. before the movie hit, what caught your eye about it? What what made you say, man, I've really got to go see this movie about this stainless steel car that doesn't really <laughs> exist anymore? Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I did not even know what a DeLorean was in 1985 until the movie came out. I never even I'm not a big car guy, so I didn't really know. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure I'd heard it, but I just just never connected the dots. But no, uh, my, my fiance, who's my wife now of 35 years, uh, <laughs> we were big Michael J. Fox fans. And so uh, and we we went to the movies all the time. Uh, we were we had just just uh, a few days after the movie came out, we were in, we, we got engaged. We had been dating for a couple of years. We were high school sweethearts. And so we, you know. We just went to the movies all the time. We saw everything back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And so um, didn't know much about Back to the Future. Knew Michael J. Fox was in it. I knew Spielberg had some kind of connection to it. What was interesting, because he does not appear in the trailer, is I had no idea that Christopher Lloyd was even in the movie until he popped out of the DeLorean in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was a huge taxi fan. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when that door opens, the wing door opens and uh Doc Brown pops out, I go, oh, it's Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> I had no idea he was in the film at all. Because he doesn't appear in the trailer, the teaser trailer. Uh don't even know if his name appeared in the credits. I'll have to go back and look. But uh uh it was a complete surprise. So that's what kind of uh enthralled us to go just we were big michael j fox fans from mm -hmm. family ties of course and right. so uh and we just saw everything that spielberg did and and and, and anything 80s and sci-fi and mm -hmm. you know I, I i was i was just on the cusp of really starting to appreciate time travel so the mm -hmm. year before when uh the terminator came out that was really the first real big time yeah. travel movie i ever really kind of wrapped my brain around and just thought, you know, started trying to, you know, figure out the timeline mm -hmm. and, you know, mind blown. And uh, <laughs> so uh, when Back to the Future came out, uh, it was, wow, you know, all in now. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but, you know, Back to the Future was just, it was obviously a, a big hit for uh, the studio and for the, uh, for the actors, for the filmmakers, for everybody. 
uh, Huey Lewis and the music, everything was, you know, everything mm-hmm. was back during the summer of 85. Yes. And, so, you know, so uh, I saw it opening weekend, my fiance, uh, by the time we saw it a second time, we were now engaged. We went and saw it again. We saw it a couple of times in theaters and then kind of forgot about it until it came out on home video mm-hmm. in uh, the, the following summer. I believe it was in May of uh, uh, 86. So mm-hmm. uh, it came out, you know, back then you didn't really buy VHS. You rented yep. VHS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. You know, VHS was like 90 bucks a tape at the time. Mm-hmm. So nobody bought VHS. Didn't have a laser disc player. Didn't have a, a, a CED player or a, a, a Betamax. It only had VHS. So, mm-hmm. But it wasn't until uh, I just stumbled across uh, an article. Just one day in my local mall at the, the Regency Square Mall it's here in Florence, Alabama. And it was a magazine that I was familiar with, but I didn't subscribe to it called Starlog. Oh, yeah. So this is the actual uh, issue. Starlog issue number 108 uh from uh july of 86 oh wow and uh there was an article in there from uh a a disney imagineer named bruce gordon and he wrote an article called the other marty mcfly and he Uh, it's a three-page black and white article uh had some illustrations and all and talked about time travel and talked about all these great things that I missed the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the big thing was that at the end of the film, the uh, Twin Pines Mall became the Lone Pine Mall. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh-huh. I didn't notice that in the film. And so right. I had to quickly run out and go rent uh, Back to the Future on VHS and on my VCR or sit there with a remote frame by frame <laughs> by frame doing these things and trying to catch all these things. There was another thing mm-hmm. in there he talks about that from a filmmaking standpoint that really I just thought was ingenious that, you know, at the f- end of the film, you see the clock tower ledge is broken where they had been up on, Doc Brown mm-hmm. had been up on the clock tower and broke it. It's not broken at the beginning of the film, but it is broken at the end of the mm-hmm. film. And you see it uh, when they, when Marty comes back. And so I thought, oh, that's, that's ingenious. That's, yeah. It's <laughs> just a little Easter eggs. Those little, we didn't call them Easter eggs back then, but uh, uh, it was just that little details. But, there was another thing he talked about uh, that was kind of the uh, focus of his article was that there's a fleeting image off in the background at the beginning of the film when Doc Brown is about to be shot by the Libyans. Mm-hmm. And he it was his theory that this was Marty returning from 1955. Since we see him return at the end of the film, mm-hmm. His theory was that, well, they just swapped places and there's another Marty McFly off in the distance that uh, we did not notice at the beginning of the film. And oh, um, okay. um, it's an interesting article. Uh, yeah. and, uh, Bob Gale says, no, no, that 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 was never really uh, our <laughs> intention. But uh, Dean Cundy, who was the uh, uh, director of photography, the cinematographer, uh, he's been shown the, uh, the video and you can see off in the way way in the back of the background uh mm-hmm. off in the dark you can actually see the moment uh doc brown tosses his pistol when he's got his hands up mm-hmm. you'll see somebody walking in the background 
Oh. Somebody at the mall. But uh, yeah, say somebody on the film crew is in trouble. Somebody in the film. Yeah. Somebody walked. <laughs> and so that was his his theory that Marty was also uh, a second Marty appeared at the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. And so obviously I had to go and I spent hours <laughs> and uh, really, really couldn't really see it on a, on a VHS. But, you know, once DVD came out mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and 4K and uh, Blu-ray and all the good high def formats we have now, you can actually see it pretty, pretty clear. Huh. So uh, um, okay. it's, 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 it's an interesting hmm. theory. So that was one of those things that really just, turn my geek switch on uh, I thought, ah, that's, that's pretty cool and so you know it's actually pretty cool that they haven't even with as enamored as studios are with overcorrecting mistakes in films now that they haven't gone and scrubbed that out yeah they haven't gone and fixed it bob gale and uh, and, and bob zemeckis are really very adamant about not making any changes whatsoever to their film mm-hmm. uh, the yeah. only that's thing they good. have ever done was when uh, Back to the Future came out on VHS, the studio really wanted them to make the audience know that there was a sequel coming eventually. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. To Be Continued was added to the end of Back to the Future on VHS. Oh, wow. And I didn't so, know that. Uh, it was yeah. not in theaters and people to this day. So, oh, I saw it was at the end of the movie. No, it was never. Wow. It was never on the theatrical cut. Mm-hmm. And so that was added to the credits at the end of the first film uh, to let everybody know in 1986 that they were planning to do a sequel. It took another three years for it to materialize. But uh, now when the video, when the movies came out on DVD, they wanted to make it look exactly like their original intent. So uh, to be continued was removed from part one uh, when it came out on DVD in 2009, uh, 2008, nine, mm-hmm. 2009, that's right. 2009. Uh-huh. And oh. so uh, it was removed. So that's the only edit that has ever occurred to any of the three back to the future films. Wow. Uh, I'll take that back. Uh, the uh, trailer that appears at the end of part two, when it was released on, home video for uh, actually again on DVD and Blu-ray they took out coming summer to uh, 1990 for part three so you, you don't have the coming mm-hmm. 1990 summer 1990 that is that's been removed uh, as well so that's the only edits is at the end of the mm-hmm. films but nothing throughout the films have ever been edited in terms of any corrections or edits mm-hmm. or errors you know there's a couple of places mm-hmm. you can see uh some crew members and uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there's a reflection at uh, when you see the DeLorean at the end of the film back up real close to the camera right before it zooms off. You can actually see camera uh, film crew, the reflection in the silver barcode on the, oh. on the DeLorean. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Point that out. Uh, Bob and Bob point that out in uh, the commentary. Okay. So, it's things like I really that. appreciate that they that they have not that, that they've yeah, been able to yeah. keep the studio away from that and and not correct things yeah. because a lot of studios I mean <coughs> Disney um, likes <laughs> to really really do that you know so so that's what that's what got me into Back to the Future initially was uh, big Michael J Fox fan mm-hmm. and then when it came out on VHS and I read that article oh I was all in at that point so. yeah. Yeah, I would say he was the draw-in force for me when we I saw it at the theater when it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, at at what point after seeing that did you 
start going beyond being a fan of the movie and actually wanted to get <laughs> and, and started to to try to become part of the franchise? Well, after the sequels had run their course uh, by the summer of uh, 1990, I started learning that uh, Universal had a Back to the Future ride planned uh, for mm-hmm. the summer of 91. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that really interested me a lot. Uh, in summer of 91, well, fall of 91 also was when the, the animated series came out, too. So, you know, we, we Back to the Future fans were really bombarded with a lot of Back to the Future in a two-year period. So we had mm-hmm. two sequels, uh, a theme park ride, and an animated series all within a two-year period. And wow. then after the animated series had run its course, you know, the ride opened in, a, in multiple parks after that, but we went for a long time with nothing else for mm-hmm. a very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, but um, but it was uh, it was in the January of 92. It was uh, for my fifth year wedding anniversary. My mm-hmm. wife uh, decided to surprise me with a trip to Universal <laughs> Studios in Florida. And it already called my boss and, and uh, got me approved to have a vacation for our wedding anniversary that I didn't know about. And at Christmas, <laughs> Oh. Uh, I found out that we're going on a five-year anniversary trip to Universal Studios Florida, and I knew why at that point. Uh, <laughs> no surprises. So yeah. Oh, yeah, so I got to ride the movie. Uh, that was their big uh, moniker at the time, uh, branding. And uh, I got to tell you, once once I got in a DeLorean and was flying in that sim- a flight simulator, there was no turning back for me. No <laughs> turning back. I was, I thought I was in for the for the sequels, but once once I got on the actual ride, mm. we rode it several times that trip, and uh, <laughs> I came back from that trip. I just I was all in, and I thought I have somehow got to find a way to get a v, at the time VHS. I've got to get a VHS copy of the footage from the ride there. I've, there's just uh, no doubt about it. I have got to have that for my personal collection. I, I've got to have that. And in 92, I had already bought a few movie props, uh, back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is, you know, early, early years of AOL. Long time before <laughs> the internet. Uh, this is still several years before internet had, uh, uh, hit. And so, uh, there was a few movie collectible website. I mean, uh, uh, magazines you could get. Uh, I, I do not remember the name of the publications. Uh, I was a big uh, music collector up until that point. Goldmine was a big uh, magazine that's still around mm-hmm. today that you can mm-hmm. buy to find. But I found uh, some some movie marketplace or something, and I found somebody who was selling a couple of movie props. I bought a. Uh, a dust jacket to the uh, to the Gray Sports Almanac, and uh, uh, but the very first movie prop I ever bought, and I still have it in my collection, was I have a prototype of the 1885 map that hung at the train station in Park Street when Marty and Doc go to uh, uh, Shonash Ravine and they see the tracks are not there. There's mm-hmm. a map that's right there, and they're pointing at that map. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have an early production prototype of that map. Full oh. schedule looks exactly like it does on wow. film. Very not fully nice. Old. And in the movie, there's just a blank track 
across Jonas Ravine. My version has a dotted line across it. And mm. I believe they decided, oh, that's not going to show up on film. We want to show that, that the track is actually not there, not that it's you know planned to be built. And so, uh, so I bought that and had it in my collection uh, about a year at that point. So calling around, I, I started calling around Universal Studios talking to anybody I could talk to. <laughs> and uh, my goal was, hey, I'm going to donate this big map to Universal Studios Florida, hang at the ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you can, you know, when you're in the uh, line and uh, in the different aisles, that some, you know, you could actually look at this map. And I, that was mm-hmm. going to be my selling point. I <laughs> 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 could convince them to give me a copy of the ride. <laughs> And uh, so I would uh, call for a few weeks, get transferred around, hit a bunch mm-hmm. of brick walls. And I would try off and on throughout the summer, sometime in the late summer. And this was before the second season of the animated series had uh, aired in September of 92. One fateful day, I was transferred to Bob Gale's office. Mm. And Bob <laughs> still had an office on the back lot at Universal Studios at the time. And I tease him to this day that. <laughs> Oh, I bet he wished he hadn't answered that phone. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 because he, he, he met one of the biggest Back of the Future geeks that was ever created. Uh, <laughs> and so um, so talking with Bob and, uh, you know, I, I, I learned a lot about Bob. And you know, I already knew a lot about Bob. But I had mm-hmm. just never met him, had never written a letter or anything. But he is personal assistant at the time told me about a new fan club. It just, uh, there was a, uh, there was an official fan club that was out during the sequels, but it was, it was really built only to uh, promote the two sequels mm-hmm. and a little bit of the ride in the animated series. It was only four issues mm-hmm. uh, and it went away in late 1990. And, uh, but uh, Bob Gale's, personal assistant introduced me to a gentleman who lived in Southern California who had just started an unofficial fan club. And they said, you need to meet this guy. And Mm -hmm. so uh, they introduced me to him and uh, he and I joined forces and we ran uh, like, again, a pre-internet fan club for about a couple of years together. Then he kind of stepped away and just kind of turned it over to me. But we uh, published a, a newsletter, a quarterly newsletter called the Hill Valley Telegraph, which was the name of the newsletter, the newspaper in Hill Valley. Mm-hmm. And so we did interviews with uh, Bob and a bunch of different people from the films, the cast, the crew, mm-hmm. did a lot of uh, articles. I wrote a lot of the early articles for it. And uh, so I, I did the publishing, would mail it out. And we had, at the peak of it, we had about 500 su- subscribers to our fanzine. And, mm-hmm. um, and around... 95 was when I started hearing about this thing called the World Wide Web. <laughs> and, uh, didn't know much about it, but uh, being a, uh, an ex-programmer, old-school programmer, I self-taught myself how to do HTML in the early mm-hmm. days. And so uh, I was also a, a, a D-based programmer, a Fox-based programmer. And so I learned how to do uh, coding and generate my own web pages mm-hmm. through uh, Foxbase and Fox Pro, mm-hmm. and uh, so I had I registered a uh, a dial-up account, and uh, as fate would have it, uh, there was a uh, an ISP in North Alabama in Huntsville called Traveler Internet Services, and so I I registered <laughs> uh, 
my login ID was time. So uh, my email address was time at traveler.com. Very nice. I just had a dial up account. Uh, <laughs> you remember in the old days, uh, web pages had this little tilde and then like the web page name after. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just had a, uh, for about a year and a half, I ran this just little web page and, and then in early 97, I registered the BTTF.com domain. Mm-hmm. And uh, by that time, we had already disbanded the, the, the public publication. Mm-hmm. It didn't make sense to put out a quarterly newsletter because by the time you got it to everybody, everybody already read it on the Internet and it right. wasn't news anymore. Yeah. And so I took the uh, newsletter online fully and... Uh, and registered bttf.com at the time back to the future.com was available for me to register, but I was terrified by Universal's <laughs> legal department that I thought they will come looking for this. <laughs> and, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to invite any trouble. And so I knew that me and a few other people, there wasn't a whole lot of people in, in the early nineties knew what, BTTF stood for. And so mm-hmm. I, I think I'm pretty safe going with that. Actually, I learned, I'll give credit, uh, Starlog was the first place I ever saw it. So mm-hmm. they they kind of uh, spearheaded that, but I, I took it and ran with it for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, ran the website for a long time. I uh, got to know Bob real well, got to know Tom Wilson real well, Claudia Wells. Met so many, many, many people mm-hmm. throughout the 30 years this 30 years i've been doing that this year mm-hmm. and wow. so professionally, yeah. well, i say professionally <laughs> uh, but um but you know when when i met bob was really kind of kicking you know they his office encouraged me to, to kick it into high gear and so i've never stopped so it's uh i'm one of those that just doesn't know when to when to quit <laughs> for our our video uh watchers right now we've got we got back to the future.com pulled up. That's Steve's handiwork. When were you allowed to say, when do they tell you, okay, back to the future.com, go with it? In 2015. So I, in 2012, probably just before you and I last saw each other, I acquired, I finally acquired the back to the future.com domain. It had been registered by some foreign news company. I, had partnered with a gentleman for a while and he had acquired it and we were going to partner. And anyway, it landed in my hands and I, I ran with it. So uh, it wasn't long after I launched back to the future.com that uh, uh, Universal's legal department did come looking for me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, somebody uh, in their legal department that found, you know, saw the domain and, and I got a, a cease and desist letter in the mail and I immediately went to my good buddy, Bob Gale, and say, uh, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> he took care of it. They said, no, look, we, we want Stephen doing this. He's been doing this a long time. We want him out there doing this. So, mm-hmm. And in 2015, for the uh, 30th anniversary, I partnered with Universal Home Video. I don't know if you'll be able to see it on, on uh, YouTube. I'll get it in there as close as I can. It's a little... Anyway, right there. Ah, oh, mm-hmm. I see it. Yeah. Ah, nice. Back to the so yeah. Universal actually adopted Back to the Future.com as their official website for the series in 2015. And I've been 
uh, official uh, ever since 2015. So it, it was it was quite gratifying after have done it for so long yeah. uh, to finally <laughs> be recognized as mm-hmm. truly the official source. And, uh, and so it's, it's been a great, uh, it's been a great run. I've, I've had a really good time doing it. Uh, like I said, I've met so many people over the years through the website at shows and mm-hmm. through celebrities as a cast, and, you know, I'm personal friends with a lot of the cast members. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been, uh, at a lot of the events you know, when they first kicked off the DVDs, I was at the back lot at universal, uh, for the big DVD launch party. I was invited by Nike to come out and kick off the Nike oh, shoes. Nice. I've been very, very fortunate. Just a, mm-hmm. just this guy, this country bumpkin in, in North Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I've, I've got some very funny stories uh, that just, I, sometimes I have to pinch myself because I, I uh, the, the Nike thing is one that just to me this day just cracks me up. So I knew just through my connections, I knew that Nike was coming out with the with the mag shoes officially for uh, the Fox Foundation, and they mm-hmm. were going to uh, auction them off on eBay. I just couldn't say anything about it. So when they uh, uh, finally did announce it, uh, I I had gone out to L.A. Universal had brought in na- uh, international media uh, from all over the world, mm-hmm. and so put us up in hotels, and I was there and. So they, uh, I knew what was going on, but nobody else in the media had a clue what was going on. <laughs> and so uh, at the hotel, they all put us in these nice Escalades, this big caravan going down uh, uh, the interstate to Universal Studios. And one one of the ones I was in, the guy sitting next to me said, he said, well, who are you with? I said, I'm with, at the time, I was it was still BTTF.com. And I said, well, I'm with the... Uh, I, and I call it official. I'm with the official website, uh, BTTF.com. I said, who are you with? He says, oh, I'm the uh, entertainment editor for the L.A. Times. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. We're, 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 we're serious now. And so, <laughs> so they uh, they took us into a, a studio at the back lot, and uh, the big wigs from Nike, drawing a blank on their names at the moment, but all, all the big names at mm-hmm. Nike were there. Zemeckis was there, Gail was there. I mean, all these great big names were in this real tiny room, and then the shoes rise up out of the out of the floor, and there's like this big, big glass—not a plate, but this this big uh, transparent glass that shows all these drawings of the Nikes from the films, mm-hmm. uh, just all these sketches, blueprints, everything, and everybody in there. They had these big telephoto lenses, and I'm mm-hmm. standing there with my little, my little bitty. <laughs> and, and at one point, uh, they had all these pictures of the media, and you could actually see me in the background, my little bitty camera, <laughs> 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 all telephoto lenses taking all these great pictures. And so well, it was just one of those things that I go, wow, I, what? I was way out of my league, and I was way out of place. But it was one of those events that, that uh, you know, I got to, I got to. To meet the the folks that run Michael's uh, foundation, mm-hmm. there's just so many great things about things like that. And walking wow. around, walking around, you know, uh, the back lot again. I had been on the back lot for the DVD uh, launch, and then I got to go back there for the uh, Nike launch. Just to walk around uh, uh, on the back lot is very surreal to walk around uh, the clock tower and stand in front oh. of it, look up to the clock, 
and all that. Got a bet. Oh, I can only imagine. It, wow. it's, it's, I am a sucker for movie locations, so oh, just yeah. to, just oh, to yeah. put yourself in that area and be there, it's, it's, it's always a surreal moment when those things can happen for you, and I, yeah. I can't yeah. even imagine. We did a big event. Uh, for the 30th anniversary uh, in October that year when the uh, Blu-rays came out. And uh, I was there. I was not in charge of it. There was another group of fans that were putting on. Uh, it was a big event called We're Going Back. And it was a four-day event. And there was a mm-hmm. lot of touring of the uh, locations of the films. Mm-hmm. And so I got to see several of them. I didn't get to stay. I, I, I was not in town for the entire week. But uh got to go to Marty's school. I got to go to Doc's mansion uh mm. just things like that just i got got finally got to go to puente hills mall i got to go to twin Pines <laughs> mall oh my nice. and uh they had a doc's truck parked out there and uh mm. it's it was very surreal to oh. get to go to some of these locations uh, that's i i know what you mean it's yeah it's, it's place yourself there's a place where you've seen on film for all your life mm. practically go mm. i'm actually here now right yeah so it's a lot of fun She's not kidding when she says she loves movie locations. We were coming back from Myrtle Beach last year from seeing <laughs> the haulers, and and we had to go back through. Uh, we had to take a detour through Covington, Georgia, where they filmed My Cousin Vinny, mm-hmm. so she oh, could yeah. she could oh, go yeah. to the courthouse and everything. It made for a long time getting back, but you know, made her happy, so he, it was worth it. He even took me to the sack of suds. I did, <laughs> <laughs> and it was, and I. I just love my hubby so much. He is a creature of convenience. And out of his love for me, he took that s- slight detour. Love overrules convenience <laughs> with you, honey. I, I know a few years ago, the back lot for Universal burned. Yeah. What kind of condition is it? Is it in now? Is the courthouse, did they rebuild all that? Yeah. So, you know, the courthouse itself, it's been scorched. It has never burned completely down. They have, oh. uh, you know, there was a fire, an intentional fire set uh, in 91 uh, after the films had wrapped. Uh, there was a security guard who had set fire. <laughs> then the uh, sets for part three were burned down because yeah. it, it was a Western town. It burned down from a lightning of all things, mm-hmm. lightning struck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, burn both sets down to the ground, and that clock, you know, you can actually still walk around. And the haulers have run an event out there twice out there, and you can still walk around and find occasionally find some bricks and some other pieces of that set oh, still okay. out there in Sonora, California. Huh. But in 2008, yeah, there was a, a huge, huge fire that burned most of the bat lock down around uh, Clock Tower Square, uh, but it did not, it did not get the clock tower itself uh escort some of the sides of it again but uh it was it was not safe but you know it was uh the um a, a lot of things were burned uh you know, a lot of music artists their their original masters were still stored mm. in a mm. warehouse there oh. there so it was, wow. a, lot, a lot of things were gone for good yeah from that fire so yeah yeah it's unfortunate but the uh, clock tower was saved the clock tower was saved, saved. <laughs> I know you've touched on on how you got to got to first get in touch with Bob Gale. Yeah, how has that relationship developed over the years? How close are you guys? We're close. I mean, I talk to Bob uh, practically every week uh, by email, mostly. Uh, stay in touch. 
you know, he's been very busy the last several years uh, with the Back to the Future musical that uh, mm-hmm. had launched. It was in previews when COVID hit. It had actually been in previews for three weeks and they had to shut it down and stayed shut down for close to a year, I believe. And mm-hmm. they started it back up and they had to shut it back briefly down. But it's it has won a number of awards uh, recently mm-hmm. in the U.S. Uh, yeah, I saw uh, that. This last week, a number of like seven, won seven awards mm-hmm. in the UK, and so I'm just, I'm just thrilled. I'm so proud of him. I mean, he had been working on this for a very long time. The very first time I ever heard him talk about the concept of even <laughs> thinking about turning Back to the Future into a musical was at the DeLorean Car Show in Pigeon Forge uh, back in 2004. Uh, it was his very first time to come to a DeLorean Car Show. Uh, I was the one who convinced him he needed to come to one of these. Trusted <laughs> uh, uh, me, he came, and he's been every time since. He loves the DeLorean car shows. He loves mm-hmm. the people uh, with their cars. And uh, but he got it. You know, he always answers the question. He here lately, he'll get up and say, "Okay, I'm going to answer a lot of questions, but I, I'm just going to tell you up front: No, we're not doing a Back to the Future four. <laughs> uh, but he had been asked that night, and he said, no, we're not doing a Back to the Future 4. But what we are considering is turning Back to the Future into a musical. I think that would be interesting. And he said, I don't know how that works, but that's something we would like to investigate. And that was in summer 2004. Yeah. And it finally, you know, 16 years later, it became something real. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's winning all kinds of awards. Once it finishes its run in, in London, uh, I very hopeful uh, it'll be in in uh, New York uh, in the mm-hmm. near future. So I don't have any don't have any inside information on that <laughs> yet. Uh, but no, Bob and I are real close. I mean, when I've been out to uh, California, I've gotten to meet up with him a few times, and uh, like I said, we run into each other to, at the DeLorean shows and other events. I've I've been very blessed to work with Bob on several projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Lego just. This Friday came out with a brand mm. new uh, <laughs> and I did not work on that yeah. one, but Bob and I did work on the one that came out in 2003, the very first one. Mm-hmm. So I worked mm-hmm. with Lego on that. I, I kind of authenticated uh, the look. They sent me the instructions and I built it through a couple of prototypes and made some corrections. I wrote the booklet that was inside that one and mm-hmm. uh, oh, got, got one right here. So this is, this is the one that I worked on. Oh, <laughs> I love that set. Yep. So, uh, there we go. so uh came out in 2003, but uh, there's a really nice know. one that's out now. Uh, mm-hmm. I understand it sold out real quick. I didn't get one yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me, me neither. I, <laughs> I was sitting there, and I, I saw where they had, had back-ordered it. And I'm like, okay, I can still get to it. They're like, expected to yeah, ship around yeah. April 23rd. And then I went on there like two hours later, and it said, out of stock. And I went, okay, just email me when it's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, we don't have a Lego store here in Florence, so <laughs> we lost our hours here in Birmingham too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, 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 there used to be one there. What was it there in Birmingham? Till a couple of yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. at the, at the uh, Galleria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll go to Birmingham. I'll go get it, and then I looked at, it. oh, it's not there. Anymore. No, it's well, gone. You can come see us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you do have one up in Tennessee, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Opry Mills. They have one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the closest one. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it was yeah, a national trip was not in the cards for this. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I've been very blessed to work with Bob on a number of projects. 
and uh, continue to collaborate on things with him over the over over the years. You know, um, you know he he was uh, the driving force behind the comic book series that came out in 2015 yep. as well, and so uh, I've been able to hear a few of the early concepts and ideas of, of that over the years. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's a great, I mean, it's a great friendship. Uh, he's just a, a great man. And I, 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 I cherish his friendship mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, he's, he's one of those that, you know, I just want to pick his brain all the time. I just <laughs> want to think of that. What, did, what made yeah. you think of that? So, you know, I, I, I have to restrain myself not to go into geek mode every time. <laughs> Um, well, you you introduced me to him in 2010 when the 25th anniversary oh, yeah. oh, Back yeah. to the Future yeah. event oh, happened. Oh, you brought him to to, to Florence, and yeah, yep. that's when I got to meet him. And he was extremely generous with his time, and yeah. I, I appreciate yeah. that introduction that you, uh, that oh, absolutely. you gave to me. But since since I jumped to that topic, how yeah. uh, let's let's talk about that. You brought Back to the Future to Alabama for the I did. I did. <laughs> so walk us through that process. Sure. So the UNA, George and Lindsay UNA Film Festival is an event that happens every year on the campus of the University of North Alabama. Mm-hmm. It's been going on for a number of years. Uh, I think this year, it just happened uh, last month. I believe this was the 25th anniversary of it. Um, I had never been to it before, uh, but in 2009, they brought in Lee Majors. And I was going, oh. Six million dollar man. Mm-hmm. So I had to introduce my son to <laughs> million dollar man, and uh, I said, "Hey, we're going to this. This was one of my childhood heroes, this icon. I love the six million dollar man." So went to the film festival, and it was at uh, they had a Q and A at the Shoals Theater, and uh, Rance Howard was there as well, mm-hmm. uh, Ron Howard's Clint Howard's father. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I knew who he was, but I didn't know, know a lot of his work. I'd seen him, you know, he was a character actor. I knew him from a number of things that they showed in some of the clips. But I was there for Lee Majors. <laughs> and just sitting there and thinking about this process, I thought, a bulb went off. I thought, next year is the 25th anniversary of Back to the Future. If this thing happens in March of every year, I wonder if I could meet with somebody at UNA and, and convince them, I know these people, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this, this would work. And so, I mean, I went home that evening and, and emailed UNA, uh, found the website and emailed. And by Monday or Tuesday, I was hearing from the lady uh, that I became friends with, Cynthia Burkhead, uh, who uh, was the driving force behind the film festival. And I, Met with her in her office one day, uh, a few weeks later, and laid out a pitch. I said, "Here's who I know." And at the time, we were trying to get Leah, and Leah was actually booked to come to that until about five days before it happened. And uh, and we got the bad news that she was going to have to back out because she had just uh, started uh, filming a brand new series for I think it was uh, Freeform or whatever the mm-hmm. or that's whatever the, the switch. What, what, Switched at Birth series, I think. Switched at Birth. She had yeah. just uh, signed on to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I forgot what the network was called before it was Freeform. But, yeah. Uh, 
And so uh, she had to back up, but we we bought it, brought in Bob. Uh, we also brought in Claudia Wells, who was Marty McFly's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We also brought in James Tolkien, who was uh, the <laughs> principal strip, and mm-hmm. uh, and Michael Chaffee, who was uh, one of the uh, designers of the DeLorean time machine. And so, you know, I talked with uh, Cynthia, and you know, a whole year in advance. Uh, mm-hmm. And she she really liked the idea of bringing in Bob because they wanted to bring in uh, one of the features they wanted to start focusing on at the film festival was screenwriting. She said, oh, he would be a great guest for that. And Bob's committed to it really early. (laughs) I mean, probably 11 months out, Bob committed to it. And so he did uh, he did several workshops for uh, screenwriters at the film festival. And of course, I was so busy doing other things, and uh, mm-hmm. I didn't go to any of his workshops. But, but one of the things that we did, uh, there was a uh, little comic book shop just right around the corner from the show's theater, and I, I went and introduced myself to the owner and said, "How would you like to have Bob Gale sign autographs in your shop?" <laughs> <laughs> that was about all it took for him uh, uh, to be convinced, and Bob <laughs> Bob was all in, and so we signed uh we got it all uh lined up and bob had people lined up around the corner uh you too <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, uh, it was that was a lot of fun just to see people lined up uh mm-hmm. to have their picture taken with bob and they brought in a lot of the dvds and some of the comics because he had written a lot of comics by that point it wasn't just back to the future uh he did daredevil and batman and ant-man and a lot of other oh, okay. uh, serialized uh, comics uh, at the time, Spider-Man. Oh. So they had brought in a lot of those back issues and let yeah. people buy those and have him sign those. Bob's a great sport. He loves meeting fans. You know, Bob grew up in comics. And so mm-hmm. if, you, if you have any old Iron Man comic books in your collection or have access to seeing some of the early Iron Mans in the late 60s, I believe it was Iron Man 3 and maybe five from 1968, you'll find uh, letters written by a very young Bob Gale. <laughs> uh, oh, really wow. Uh, he's, he's been a comic book fan for a very, very long time. So <laughs> some of those early comics in the late 60s, I know Iron Man because I've got one of them, but I, I, I think there were some others also that he, because he wrote a lot of letters into Marvel Comics <laughs> mm-hmm. in those days. So it was really neat to see uh, how he progressed from uh, a comic book fan to going to college at USC and becoming a screenwriter and partnering with Zemeckis, mm-hmm. and, uh, getting into full full uh, feature film, a number of feature films before Back to the Future, and so mm-hmm. uh, it's it's uh, so it's been it's been a great relationship. I can't do what I do and been doing for thirty years. I cannot do without Bob Gale. Bob Gale makes it happen. He has mentored me he has cleared the path and allowed me to do what i do and it's it's very gratifying to be able to, to work with him on another project and uh and and just like i said when i convinced him to go to the delorean car show he was kind of skeptical at first and he got there and to see that grin <laughs> ever leave his face for the entire weekend and so uh uh, he has been back ever since. And, uh, so Bob's built a lot of relationships uh, with a lot of car owners, a lot of DeLorean owners and, you know, the DeLorean Motor Company and a lot mm-hmm. of the people who are the big names in the DeLorean community. Mm-hmm. And so 
and it is a very large, thriving community. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I first started doing shows before any of the celebrities started showing up, I, I felt like a sore thumb because uh, the DeLorean community was very, uh, the purists were there. There weren't any of the time machines and they, everybody mm-hmm. was going to the future. What's, what's yeah. this guy doing? these things this this that's not what this show's about and and uh i was very persistent i kept coming back every time with my little <laughs> my little one table one eight foot table booth and uh <laughs> and eventually we started bringing in celebrities and uh, they started liking mm-hmm. having celebrities at the shows and mm-hmm. you know start bringing in people like christopher lloyd for a delorean car mm-hmm. show and, uh, people will show up and so <laughs> yeah up. and honestly considering not many people would remember what a DeLorean is if it wasn't for Back to the mm-hmm. Future. No, I mean, it, it, even a diehard DeLorean fan oh, yeah. could admit that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Most, yeah. Most, will, most will concede that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is Bob going to get one of the, the first uh, DeLorean electric uh, vehicles? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, he, he <laughs> and I talked about some uh, I, when some of the things have been uh, released and all, I've, I'll send him and say, hey, it looks what, look what's finally coming. Uh, we've been hearing about a new DeLorean for a long time mm-hmm. and uh when they finally teased it a few months ago and they actually did another tease on april fool's day mm-hmm. it was not an april fool's uh prank so uh uh they're actually going to uh make a reveal in in august i believe oh, wow. so i've not seen any mm-hmm. of it but uh i'm looking forward to seeing them uh i have i have never owned a, De- a delorean uh, I've sat in many, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, anytime I need my uh, quick fix of sitting in a DeLorean, I always call it my, my friends the holly. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> there, there you go. I let them pay, for, pay for the fuel and the repair costs, and I just get to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, I wanted to ask you, speaking of, of DeLoreans, I, I know one of the biggest surprises about DeLoreans for me initially was just how small they are. They're mm-hmm. very small cars. Oh, yeah. did, did that kind of surprise you as well? Whenever you first saw yeah, one, it, it, it does. It really did because I'm a big guy, and the first time I got in it, I felt really cramped, and I immediately started thinking, "Okay, I'm in the passenger seat. How did Michael J. Fox and <laughs> and Elizabeth Shue and yeah. the <laughs> sit in one seat in a DeLorean?" <laughs> and so and. And you know, and I'm really close friends with Tom Wilson and Tom. Tom's a you know, Tom's six yeah. three, mm-hmm. and he has to really get down to get inside one. And so uh, I've heard a lot of the horror stories of everybody banging their heads on the uh, on the doors and uh, inside. None of the cast are, are real fans of actually being inside of a DeLorean. <laughs> it's a very very cramped uh, environment, which goes to show you uh, again. The haulers who have toured not only the United States, they've toured all over the mm-hmm. world in yeah. that car. They've been to 28 countries in that car. It's got almost 900,000 miles. <laughs> Ooh, wow. And uh, they've got a video of Michael J. Fox uh, talking about them mm-hmm. in a Team Fox video. And they, he, he talks about Oliver and Terry. He said, they spent more time in a DeLorean than I have. Yep. And that's saying a lot. And so... <laughs> To uh, drive nine, almost nine hundred thousand miles in the cockpit of a two-seater DeLorean, all fifty states, twenty-eight countries—it's just amazing. And, yeah. Uh, uh, it's and but they're dedicated. They're they're 
they're they're I, I, we're kindred spirits. They they also don't know when to quit. They don't know when to say no. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, but I mean, so far as movies go, hasn't Michael J. Fox spent like fifty plus years in one though? Oh yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> they are very cramped. I, I that's the probably a, uh, another reason I don't own one. Uh, very small space. I absolutely love that Oliver is always sharing photos of Facebook. When he's in the DeLorean, when he and Terry are out on the road, he gets pulled over by so many police. Yeah. And they, they only want pictures. And so Oliver is normally pulled over. The police officer is usually behind taking a picture. And he's either taking a picture in the rearview mirror or <laughs> something. Is like, yep, yeah. we're at it again. Usually he has a very good demeanor about it, but he is not a fan of being pulled over by <laughs> uh, the police just wanting to. I take a selfie with his car, yeah. uh, especially, you know, en route to an event and he's running out of time to get there. So it, but, uh, yeah. yeah. He is, uh, Can you give a, me an escort while you're at it? <laughs> they have done that before. They have done that before. Oh, so, wow. but, yeah, he is. I don't know. I think he's lost count how many times he's been pulled over. It's but, He's been uh, posting those pictures for years. Yeah. 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 I would say he's a, he's a great ambassador though. Like I said, I got to, I got to meet him when, mm-hmm. what was that? Atlanta comic-con we went to. That's the first time I met him and got to sit in the car. You remember rock? What year that was? That was at 2012. 2000 uh, Atlanta comic-con itself was uh, 2010. 2010. Yeah. It was really cool. Cause he said, that's, he sat down with me. I got to mm-hmm. sit in there with it. And he, you know, we, what's your birthday? Well, he yep. queued up my birthday on the time circuits. That's what he did I, for I, me. I, <laughs> Like, if you're you're a person our age group, you're, you're seeing like it's your birthday. So it's a date you associate everything. Mm-hmm. But you see that on the time circuit of a DeLorean, yeah. And he's just you know talking about it. And it's it's you know he does the whole the time circuits and everything. And it's just it's really <laughs> cool. And that's that's yeah, one right. thing I he and Terry are just great ambassadors for it. Like it's it's a it's a great feeling. I mean it's it's you know mm-hmm. sweet people. Like, while, while, we're, yeah. while we're talking about them, I will plug their website, which is DeLoreanTimeMachine.com. I actually uh, am honored to uh, also be the webmaster for for them and their their uh, journey. So I, I run their website for them, and uh, uh, but they they're they're the most humble, most generous mm-hmm. mm-hmm. people I know. They give so much of their time, and you know, uh, if when you see them in person at a, a comic con, they're not just running the numbers, whipping people in and out. They're taking time with everybody. Mm-hmm. Getting yeah. them down, taking their cameras, their phones, and taking pictures with their own cell phones, mm-hmm. talking about the car, especially little kids. They're taking extra oh. time and pointing out the flux capacitor and, and all that. And so, yeah, they are, again, they are the great ambassadors for, for Team Fox. Mm-hmm. They uh, are just wonderful, wonderful people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they are. Yeah. True, true dignitaries and uh, heroes in my in my view. Yeah, so excited to uh, have them back too with the the con in Huntsville. I'm so glad that's working out yeah, for yeah. for them We're to so come back. To- yeah, I used to live in Auburn, um, down on the eastern side of the state, and I remember they had they had to have some repair work done to the DeLorean, and they were driving through, <laughs> and they stopped in Valley, Alabama, to have it done, which is about 30 minutes north mm-hmm. of of Auburn. Okay. And I was at work, and I saw their status update, and I'm like, "Oh, they're in Valley." I, I, and I couldn't, I couldn't break away to run up there to see them. And, and so I'd, I'd message Oliver, and he's like, "He's like, actually, that was a, f- a few hours ago. We're actually back on the road now." I was like, "Well, I missed you. So next time you're back in the state, let me know." 
Well, you mentioned Tom Wilson. Yes. And Kevin Bo and I, <laughs> thanks to thanks to you getting Tom on the Rick and Bubba show, which is a local radio station, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. local radio uh, show based out of Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Tom came and performed at the Stardome Comedy Club, and we all went up there and uh, and got to meet him after the show. Enjoyed the show. <laughs> he's funny. My oh, goodness, he's, he's funny. Oh my gosh. Okay, so so yeah. so so short story on that. Oh, this um, is good. G- guess guess who was the goober who wore the brightly colored shirt? <laughs> and, and I was really easy to pick out in the crowd. And guess who got picked on? <laughs> we, were sitting, we were sitting near the front too. Yeah, we were. Yeah. So it made it even worse. So he he picked on me mercilessly, and I couldn't have been any happier. He is so yes. phenomenal. I think you referred to Brock, Kevin, I is like all eHarmony friends hanging out. Yeah. Tom had a, uh, he, he had a comedy CD uh, that came out in 2005, but he, he had come uh, through the Rick and Bubba show. Mm-hmm. They were doing um, uh, YouTube and no, I don't know if they were doing YouTube, but they were doing uh broadcast on uh, TV at the time as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will clarify, he was the Stardome brought him in, so the Stardome booked him in all these shows. Yeah. But uh, I did, uh, I did go and uh, sit in the audience with him at uh, Rick and Bubba. So mm-hmm. I did not actually bring him to Rick and Bubba. I had mm-hmm. been to the, I had sat in the golden ticket seats yeah. <laughs> uh, myself, uh, uh, earlier uh, the year before with my family, and so I knew the drill. And so uh, when uh, he, I knew that he would be doing a lot of PR for his appearance at. Stardome, and so I contacted him, and uh, he he was gracious enough to let his buddy uh, from Alabama tag along. And so uh, we we did go to uh, Rick and Bubba's show. That was the last one. We did a lot of shows before that, mm-hmm. but uh, got to sit in the audience. And he 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 pulled out a lot of stories, uh, Biff stories, and things he normally does not tell. But since I was there, he was uh, very gracious to tell mm-hmm. a lot of the uh, stories he. Usually doesn't tell anymore, but uh, mm-hmm. it, that was a lot of fun. And I did. It was the first time I'd actually been uh, to actually see him perform uh, stand up, and uh, so that was a real treat to be there with him and sit in the green room mm-hmm. and hang out before the show and after the show. And uh, I've had a lot of adventures with Tom Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I love his. I love his song. The, the, the back. Song. The question the song. song. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and he does that even though in the show he's very clear where he's like, I'm not going to do Back to the Future stuff. That's, <laughs> I'm known for more than that. <laughs> but then he does the song. Yeah. yeah. He says, I've got this song that I will answer everything all in, one, in, in three minutes and then we're done with it. Yeah. And he was. He was done. Yeah. That was it. So. But he, he was super nice. And you know, it was thanks to that, and I, I actually saw you on the Rick and Bubba broadcast because I remember I was sitting oh, in my yeah. Oh, wow. I, that's how I knew you were involved in, in some way, <laughs> shape, or form. It's because I was sitting there at my desk at work, and I had. Hey, if, if Tom Wilson's going to be in Alabama or Tennessee, <laughs> uh, trust me, I'm 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 going to. Stephen Clark's going to be nearby somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, because of our connection, your, yourself and, and and me, I was able to to friend Tom on Facebook. And I, th- I think he has since jumped off there, but I got to tell you, this guy has a heart of gold. You know, you, you, everybody thinks of him as, as, you know, big, bad Biff, but yeah. mm-hmm. there was Dan Aykroyd because we're also Ghostbusters fans. Dan Aykroyd was going to be in Huntsville. Uh, Bo, you went to go meet him. Yeah. 
Uh, he was uh, doing a signing up there and I was wanting to go. But my daughter was having one of her first recitals uh, at preschool. And so I had made a, a post, had had never really interacted with Tom on there. But I made a post. I said, I said, Dan Aykroyd's in the state. I would love to go see him, but I can't because I'm, you know, I'm, in, I'm enjoying my morning with my daughter, her recital. And I never will forget, and this will stick with me until the until my memory disappears or till the day I die. But the the one time that Tom and I interacted, he commented, he's like, Will Dan Aykroyd ever cry at your funeral? And I went, you know what? You're absolutely right. <laughs> so he, he gave me a good wow. a good life a fatherly insight that day. Tom is a uh, tremendous family man. Uh, he's got He's got four kids. He's got, uh, I think, that many grandkids now. Oh, and, wow. Uh, wow. Tom, Tom is just phenomenal. <laughs> He's a very spiritual man. I've uh, been with him on a lot of adventures and mm-hmm. had a lot of time to talk about spiritual things with him, which is very gratifying to have friends in Hollywood that uh, that you can speak with on that level. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Claudia is another one that uh, is very spiritual. And so uh, uh, that's. That's who I am. I'm a very spiritual man. I'm a very, fa- you know, I'm a, I'm a big family man too. And so, yeah, yeah. Uh, anytime uh, I get any advice from uh, Tom Wilson about family, I think <laughs> I, I listen very intently. I had no idea his talent with art and and oh, things like that. Yeah. I, that uh, when I learned about that fact about him, I was blown away about Tom, that. Tom, Tom is probably the best kept secret in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> Man is a musician, an actor, mm-hmm. uh, a writer, mm-hmm. a comedian, an artist. I mm-hmm. mean, there is I've I've not seen anything Tom cannot do. <laughs> uh, take take some time sometimes and go look on YouTube. He's not doing a lot of uh, his vlogs anymore, but he's got he's got close to like ninety different episodes on there, and there's some really funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about the Star Dome, I mean. He's got a. I, I I've done a lot of puppetry stuff with my church in the past years and years in in the past. And Tom pulled out a puppet at the Star Dome for the very first time. He he showed it to me in the green room. He says, "I just bought this. I have no idea what I'm going to do with this." <laughs> it happened to be the very first company I bought all my puppets at my church with. I said, "Oh, I know these. These are great. These are great puppets." He's got a bunch of episodes on there where he does this puppet called Mr. Blue. Just go <laughs> do a YouTube search on Tom Wilson, okay. Mr. Blue. Oh, it, anytime I'm around Tom, my face, my jaw hurts for days <laughs> afterwards. But he's got great stuff on there with this puppet uh, called Mr. Blue. This is the one where he's actually on a ski lift up in Colorado somewhere. And Mr. <laughs> Blue on a ski lift with him. And it, oh, my goodness. It's hilarious. So. Tom, Tom, I can't. I I could spend the rest of our time tonight talking about the, the talents that are Tom. He's the ultimate in my book. Yeah, I I read his his novel that he wrote about uh, yeah. the what the Masked Man about the Lone Ranger. Yes, that yes. was that was a really good book. It really is, and it uh, take the time because he's actually recently converted that into uh, an audio book. Oh, uh, and it's all on YouTube now, so he's actually reading every chapter. And he just finished that up maybe two months ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And wow. uh, he, he's, 
know, it's free. You, know, you can go and listen mm-hmm. to Tom Wilson, uh, read his own book. And so one of the things that's gratifying to me is he talks about doing conventions. And I was actually at the convention with him that he writes. <laughs> he, he doesn't mention me there, but he's talking about being at Chiller Theater. Mm-hmm. And, this, and I was in the room with him at Chiller Theater. I was the one who brought him to Chiller, Chiller uh, back in 2002. <laughs> and so, uh, when I read some of these things and I go, oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but we had uh, we were in a room with Lou Ferrigno, who's actually going to be at mm-hmm. uh, the Expo mm-hmm. next, uh, this month. And yeah. So uh, we, we we cut up with Lou all weekend long. And uh, uh, Bernie Capel from uh, The Love Boat and uh, Jill Whalen from The Love Boat mm-hmm. and Bert Young, uh, Polly from Rocky was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, and then a gentleman that was like on the uh, Planet of the Apes TV show. Planet mm-hmm. of the Apes TV show. Uh, we're all in this room and uh, uh, we had a lot of fun that weekend. <laughs> uh, so I was Tom Handler for that and we did Dragon Con the next year. Mm-hmm. And so done a lot of shows with Tom. A lot of- well, judging by what he said about that convention experience, I, I was afraid he wasn't going to get out and do conventions anymore, but he, he's back yeah, on the he, circuit. Yeah, mm-hmm. he uh, he went a very long time and did not do any shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did come out and he did shows for several years. He is doing one this month in Burbank with uh, Chris and Leah. Um, I understand I haven't talked to him in uh, several, several weeks now, but I, I think he's only really doing local shows right now. You know, COVID just has done a number on everybody. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, he's even told me, he's told me, you know, stand up is dead right now. I mean, mm-hmm. it just, there's just nobody booking stand up comics right now. And so mm-hmm. uh, it's been, I, it's been tough on a lot mm-hmm. of Hollywood uh, who rely on, you know, TV shows and TV appearances and, uh, stand-up comic, you know, appearances and a lot of that, you know, even, you know, Comic-Cons, I mean, it, right. it, it disrupts the whole thing for a mm-hmm. long time. And so, uh, and some folks are coming back now. I mean, I know, uh, you know, these shows right now are some of the first ones that Leah has done uh, since it's all, mm-hmm. uh, I say gone away. I don't think it's really truly gone away, but we're, we're uh, in a better place than we were two years ago. And yeah. so, but yeah, he uh, he. Right now, I understand he's just doing local shows, but uh, I'm hoping that he will get back out there and do some more and uh, uh, with the other cast members. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of other cast members, uh, you have met quite a few of them. Tell us about who you know. Well, I have I, ha- I have met Michael a few times. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't dare say that I know Michael. Michael and I have met several times. Mm-hmm. I. I interviewed him for my old uh, Hill Valley Telegraph newsletter back in the mm-hmm. mid-90s. I met him at the Burbank show uh, uh, back in 2009, 2018. I got to see him uh, in Boston. So I've, I've seen Tom, I've seen uh, Michael several times. Michael would not know me. You know, he might recall my name if somebody mentioned him. But uh, I've met Christopher Lloyd many, many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, always have to remind Christopher who I am. <laughs> Jim Ignatowski uh, t- tends to come out real in, in uh, a lot. Uh, I, he just forgets who I am. But uh, I've been around Chris probably fifteen times. Uh, so uh, uh, I have I have a lot of good stories with Chris. But uh, met Leah a number of times. Leah knows who I am, and so. But you know, a lot of the. Uh, 
I won't say lesser known actors, a lot of the characters that are uh, not the, you know, marquee characters. Mm -hmm. uh, I know a lot of the, the folks. Uh, uh, I talked to uh, Ricky Dean Logan, who was one of the hoverboard characters in part two. I talked to him a lot. Uh, Darlene Vogel, who was also uh, one of the hoverboard riders in part two. She was also the uh, uh, spokesperson in the Back to the Future of the Ride. She uh, was oh, like wow. in the pre-show. Uh, oh, that's right. So yeah. she played. She's one of the few people who played two completely different characters that aren't related to each other. <laughs> and like I said, I know Claudia really, really well. I talked to Claudia a lot. Just a lot of folks. I mean, there's just I, there are not there's not anybody in Back to the Future uh, that I've run across that uh, that have that are, are bad people. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just they're, they're very giving mm -hmm. to all their fans. Uh, there are a few I have never met. So I've never met Crispin Glover. Crispin uh, is a, 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 a new, unusual individual. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've heard stories. Yeah. I've never met Crispin. I've never met Mary Steenburgen. I would love to meet Mary. Uh, Mary, uh, uh, I understand from a lot of people, a lot of the cast members, that she's just a really sweet lady, and I hope our paths will cross one day. Uh, I've been in the room with uh, with Bob Zemeckis, uh, but I've never met Bob uh, Bob D. Uh, I hope that's in the cards one of these days. I've never met Elizabeth Shue, mm. and so uh, there's just a, you know there's a few that I've never met. But I I've interviewed a bunch of them back, like I said, back when I used to do the newsletter and interviews mm -hmm. for the website back in mm -hmm. the early days. I've talked to a lot of them. Neil Canton uh, was one of the producers uh, with Bob Gale, and so. I've met Neil a number of times, uh, talked with him over the phone. It's been a number of years since I've talked to Neil. Super, super nice guy. And yeah. uh, uh, Dean Cundy, I've met a number of times. Uh, Jeffrey Wiseman, Jeffrey Wiseman, who took over the role of George McFly. I know, mm -hmm. I know uh, Jeffrey really well. I've met him at multiple car shows and events mm -hmm. over the years. Yeah. He's just a part of a guy. He's just a super, super nice guy. Uh, Don Full of Love, who played Goldie Wilson. I know Don. Uh, mayor. Oh, yeah, the mayor. Goldie <laughs> Wilson. He's just super, super guy, sweet guy. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, Hair Waters Jr., who played Marvin Berry. I know him. <laughs> so just so many uh, folks from Back to the Future. Michael Clastorin, who was the unit publicist for two and three, has written a number of books on the series. Uh, he uh, did the ultimate visual history yeah. uh, and mm -hmm. there's been a revision of that that's come out in the last couple of years and so i've worked on a number of projects with michael and uh he's got a new book coming out on the musical later this year mm. and so uh, he did a really uh, i don't own it i need to but he did a really great visual book on uh close encounters of the third kind and so uh, oh. uh he did a he got the interview spielberg and did a lot of stuff for that so uh, for these books, I mean, he's all in. He, if you've mm -hmm. never read the book, uh, the visual, complete visual history of Back to the Future, he chronicles the entire filming of all three films. He And he's got all the call sheets. And he says, OK, this week, this scene was filmed and this character and this actor. And he just goes through the whole thing, all three films. Wow. And, oh. and uh, you know, Michael J. Fox wrote uh, a forward and Bob Gale and Zemeckis and Christopher Lloyd wrote some pieces for it. And so uh, he just uh, he really pulled out all the stops and got to go to the Amblin's uh, uh, vault and get a lot of, you know, very hard to find a lot of the 
until that book came out. And a lot of photos that had never been seen before. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of uh, inserts in there. There's like the Jaws 19 poster, uh, a lenticular <laughs> picture of Marty and his nice. things. Just a lot of really neat paper props that are mm-hmm. inserted in the book. So uh, check it out. Uh, there's, uh, like I said, it came out and came out for the 30th anniversary, and he put out a 35th anniversary uh, two years ago that was a mm-hmm. revision that included uh, the musical and some other things that had come out since the 30th, and so uh, added some extra things in there. Mm-hmm. And so r- really great. Really yeah. Great. In talking about merchandise, I remember. And th- this is how I, I found out that you were located in Alabama. Uh, the little, they were like micro machines. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the Texaco station and Texaco. then yeah. and then the DeLorean with the police car and everything from, from part two. Yep. yep. I ordered those from your website probably 20 years ago. Wow. And wow. <laughs> the, the box came and I, I, I remember it like like it was nobody's business. The box game, it was a it was a uh, priority mailbox. And I looked down when I was opening it and the address was Alabama. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the world? And yeah. I, I think that's when I finally reached out to you over email. And that's how you and I connected. Okay. And, yeah. and yeah. we've been going strong ever since. Um, how in the world does an on? Well, let's talk about the merchandise with licensing. Sure. That's how. That's what you handle for the franchise, right? The licensing. Well, I, I carry only officially licensed products. Okay. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, counterfeit things out there in terms of T-shirts. I won't mention anybody's name. Well, there's a lot of you know, Etsy, and there's a lot yeah. of oh, yeah. that's unlicensed, and mm-hmm. so. I made a very good reputation for myself right out of the gate stating that I was only going to deal with officially licensed mm-hmm. collectors. And that's, that has worked really well for me with not only Bob and uh, the film and the, you know, but the studios, the studios appreciate yeah. that they don't have back to the future.com out here peddling yeah. <laughs> uh, unofficial uh, merchandise. Right. And so do I need to blur out well, just a shirt? i don't know what you're talking about uh, it's official unofficial the merchandise really came about uh when i was running the newsletter because i would use the newsletter as a means i had like a classified section in the back of it and i kind of started it out as a means for me to find some of the things i was looking for so, like, I remember going to the video stores in 89 and 90 when Back to the Future, well, I guess it was 90, when the Back to the Future 2 and 3 ultimately came out. I remember the promotional clocks from Part 2 and these different things, these banners that you could get. And none of the video stores in Alabama would sell any of that stuff to me. So I had actually, I knew that there was a pinball machine that had been released by uh, Data, data east data data east, east. Yep. and uh they had come that with, with, out with that after the third film and so i was looking for some of these things where can i find again this was pre-internet mm-hmm. uh i was looking for a pinball machine and these promo clocks so i would use that classified section and it kind of called on a lot of other people say hey i'm looking for these things too and i'm also looking for micro machines <laughs> i'm looking for <laughs> these and mm-hmm. i oh, oh 
I know where the I know where to get those from. And so I would start buying these novelizations, the cars, mm-hmm. different toys, and I started trading with people. And that kind of started growing into uh, a really busy time for me to find stuff. And I just I just kind of offered this search service of finding things for a nominal fee. I wasn't trying to make any money off mm-hmm. of it. But then it really started uh, in, you know, coming out where I was trying to carry things like the movies on VHS and Laserdisc and DVDs mm-hmm. and things like that. And I started having to get tax numbers and I had to start getting <laughs> uh, uh, wholesale accounts. And, you know, and I didn't I didn't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. I was just I was just a super fan that was just kind of doing this stuff off of the side. And, and I started finding my way into the world of merchandising. And the really, the really big thing that I started work, the very first piece that I worked on that was an officially licensed collectible. Anybody have the 118th scale DeLorean from Sunstar? Sunstar mm-hmm. America? I think I got it from you. Probably did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Sunstar came out with these 20 years ago. It really was 20 years ago when I did a big show uh, with Tom uh, and the ho- very first show I did with the Hollers down in Orlando for an mm-hmm. uh, FX show. And the Sunstar had just come out with these cars and I had gotten a wholesale account with them. Well, I actually worked with them early 2001. They had kind of come out with a prototype and I actually have their original prototype here that uh, they had built up and I kind of authenticated. And so they mm-hmm. had this massive Mr. Fusion pipe on the back end of it. And go, that is completely wrong. <laughs> uh, and so I show them, you know, what the colors were supposed to be and what, it, what the Mr. Fusion was supposed to look like. And so I actually, they took pictures of the car at Universal, sent them to me, and they actually did an early run with that massive pipe on the back of it. But, then came out with another version just a few months later, and I wrote the the description on the back of the box, helped them do some of the graphics, and and uh, so that was kind of the my jumping off place of getting into the merchandise. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I worked with another company called Welly that came out with one twenty four scale mm-hmm. DeLoreans, all three of them, and those are still around today. Every once in a while, I'll walk into a shop like in uh, Gatlinburg or something, and go, ah. There's, there's the part three. I worked on that. I, I wrote the, I wrote the packaging for the. There, there, that's there, it. There, yep. That's uh, it. So I wrote the. Uh, is that the welly? Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. So, uh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. And so I, I wrote the pack. I wrote the the copyright on the back of those, and mm-hmm. I've got a graphics guy that lives in Arizona that uh, I've worked with for twenty years. His name is uh, Tony Acosta. And uh, we've done a lot of uh, packaging for officially licensed products over the years. And uh, oh, he nice. did uh, he did a comic book cover for IDW for me uh, mm-hmm. that I did an exclusive cover when uh, the comics came, came out in 2015. And and so uh, Tony and I have worked on a lot of officially licensed products over the years. And he's done a lot of wonderful graphics work, not only for that, but he's also done a lot of stuff for my website, too. Mm-hmm. So he's very, very good. He's one of the best out there, and and oh, nice. uh, I've referred him to a lot of different companies and people over the years. Mm-hmm. And I know he's done some stuff for the Delorean Motor Company. He's a he's a big Delorean fan as well. And so, uh, but anyway, that's how I got started in the merchandise, and it's just it's just mushroom from there. And 
I've done a lot of uh, authentication with different companies. I mentioned Lego mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. I've worked with Mattel on some things. I've worked with Dr. Collector is one of the ones I've most recently worked with. They're in Spain. And uh, they came out with this really great prop kit uh, that came out a couple of years, about a year and a half ago that I worked on. It's called uh, uh, Time Travel Memories Kit. And it's oh, got all the, you got that, got don't you? Yeah, I ordered it from Steve so I could yeah. get the uh, the I could get the uh, the uh, Biff's Casino <laughs> yes, chips yes. and the yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the green ones here, but I've got some of the red ones that came out of the inside of it. Yeah, though. yeah, I don't know. yeah. Okay, and so I worked I worked on I, I worked with them for almost almost two years on that. One of the great things that uh, they wanted they were very adamant that they wanted to put in there was the lenticular photo of marty and his siblings mm-hmm, right. and so they came to me uh, and one of the things that I, I, I since i've got connections with a lot of the cast and a lot of the crew uh universal does not own likeness rights for any of the cast and so they never have they've never there's never been anything official that comes mm-hmm. up from universal where they license an actor's uh, likeness rights. They just, mm-hmm. they never did it. There was, you know, not a lot of merchandise back in the eighties uh, when the films came out. So mm-hmm. they have just never done that. So anytime uh, a licensee says, Hey, I want to do a lunchbox with Michael J with Marty McClown. They go, well, okay, but you're going to be responsible for getting Michael's uh, approval. You've mm-hmm. got to go to Michael and you've got to do, and they don't give any guidance on how to do that. Yeah. And a lot <laughs> of those things just kind of fall, uh, fall away because universal, doesn't do it they don't get involved mm-hmm. and so occasionally somebody will find out about me and so uh, <laughs> uh dr collector was one of those that came to me and said uh, can you help us get in touch with the actors that are, that are on this photograph and i said uh well yes and no uh wendy joe sperber uh who played linda mcfly mm-hmm. unfortunately passed away in 2005 from right. breast cancer and it had been a, a number of years since I had been in touch with anybody uh, in her family or at, at her foundation. Uh, she's got a foundation that uh, uh, is is uh, it's a cancer support center in, in uh, I think, Sherman Oaks, California, mm-hmm. that she founded. And it's still going today. And uh, but also Mark McClure and Mark McClure, who, who played uh, uh, Dave McFly. He was also uh, Jimmy Olsen in the Superman movies, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the Christopher Reeve movies and so i know mark and so uh they had already reached out to michael through uh his foundation and had uh been put in touch with the right people so they had already done their homework with michael but Mm -hmm. they didn't have a way to get in touch with the other two so again me and my persistence i uh (laughs) uh i started out i knew mark and went to mark and uh worked worked was able to get Mark in touch with them, and they were able to, you know, come up to an agreement uh, for licensing his likeness for that photo. Uh, Wendy Joe Sperber was a little bit more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, her mom was still alive, and uh, I uh, reached out through the foundation and got in touch with actually Nancy Allen, who was an actress that has done a lot of uh, movies with uh, Wendy Joe. You know, she was in. Uh, uh, a lot of 80s movies. She mm-hmm. was in Robocop. And, uh, uh, you know, just she's just this really sweet lady. She actually called me and she actually runs uh, the foundation. Oh, okay. 
really close friends. And so I asked her, I said, who do I need to talk to Wendy Joe's kids? She said, no, you actually need to talk to her mother and I'll put you in touch with her. But here's the deal. Uh, Mrs. Ferber does not do email. She does not do text messages. She does not do emails. She only does business by fax. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) The guys that she needed to talk to were in Spain. Well, they could not fax her and she could not fax them. So she would send me a fax. I would convert it into a PDF and email it to them and they would send me a reply and then I would fax it back to her. uh, For a number of months until uh, she was satisfied and, uh, uh, and that worked out, and it, and it was very gratifying to be able to talk to Wendy Joe's mom. I had met Wendy Joe in person one time at the DVD launch in 2002, a few years before she passed away. But we had been emailing and mm-hmm. calling uh, over the years. But uh, uh, so that was one of those things that was just really gratifying to be able to get that piece in there just for me- Wendy Joe's Ferber's memory. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and and working with. Um, them as they they also asked me well, tell us some other things what has never been created uh as a movie prop and i had to think about you know i've i've had a few movie props over the years and some of them would be kind of complicated to replicate in a kit you know and make it affordable uh to produce and uh, i had to really think and just one day we we were talking by linkedin because how i really connect with them communicating is through LinkedIn Messenger. And I said, you know, one thing that's just occurred to me is they've never come out with uh, the the keys to the DeLorean. That would be really, that's a really good thing I think they would, and they go, oh, yeah. great idea. That, we, we could produce that. And so within a few weeks, they had come up with a concept and, uh, and then uh, they create this little uh, DeLorean key mm-hmm. set with a, a real DeLorean key kind of shining on the screen but i've got uh somewhere yeah, <laughs> sorry i've got things lying around everywhere yeah. I, was say, I, yeah. I love it everything's just there <laughs> <laughs> and so, but it has like the little uh address uh piece mm-hmm. that has Doc brown's writing on it with his address uh <laughs> that you actually see in the movie in the movie um marty does not actually uh hold a true delorean key it, it's just some uh random keys that are on a keychain. But that was a lot of fun to put together and, and to see just an idea that I had actually become a real piece of uh, yeah. official memorabilia and, uh, and it's sold all over the world. So, uh, that's, that's quite gratifying. Oh. Yeah. So I, I was happy to get that in that doctor collector box. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I bundled cool. that in the first batch with those just to mm-hmm. kind of put that in there as an exclusive. Uh, and I got, I had gotten through them since I worked on it, created it, <laughs> I came up with a concept. <laughs> Uh, they, uh, they allowed me to get them before anybody else. And so I bundled them with, uh, like the first 500 of those kits. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I was in the, the first uh, 500. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was a lot of fun. And so it, to me, it's one of those things as a fan, the, the last thing I liked seeing is something that was just slapped together. Just something that just, just has the back of the future name on it. It was just put out there with not a lot of thought. And uh, and fans go, that's junk. Who would buy that? And so, so where I where I've come in is be able to connect people. I'm mm-hmm. kind of I'm just in the middle. I, 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 you know, the manufacturers, the licensees mm-hmm. need to talk to somebody at 
Michael's foundation or a particular actor or, or, you know, whatever case may, may be, or they say, Hey, we're having problems finding photographs of somebody's costume. Mm-hmm. I've got, uh, I've got a, quite an archive yeah. of uh, high resolution photography from all three films. That I have you don't say. So just curious because well, of the. I end up with a lot of these 35 millimeter slides that Ooh. I've bought over the oh, years. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and so I've got uh, a number of those, and, and a lot of those have ended up on uh, packages. Okay. Uh, so just kind of curious because it's been a recent wave of the, you know, the NECA lines, the yes, the figures. Yes. Did any communications that goes on with them on that? I have I have talked with NECA. I, I, I'm still. I'd say that I've got like my pinky toe in the door with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, um, so just a few weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> I just love it. He just reaches. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. The uh, pit bull just came out as an exclusive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was an example of where I had been talking with uh, one of their VPs, and he he said we're having a hard time finding good photographs of Griff's pants. Yeah, I've got photos of Griff's pants, and so, uh, <laughs> and so they, you know they allowed me to do an early reveal back before it was just it was just a prototype. Mm-hmm. It was not painted anything, and so I got to. I uh, got to tweet that out on the official uh, yeah. Twitter account uh, to show everybody that that was coming. And so, so it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, for me again, it's the last thing I like to see is something come out and everybody's really excited about it. And then, mm-hmm. Oh no, something's wrong. Right. On it. Somebody mm-hmm. spelled a word or they put the wrong color on it or yeah. uh, it should have had lenticular color uh, material on here. And it's just a sticker or, or whatever the case may, may be. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's just been one of those things that I get involved. If they'll have me, you know, a right. lot of companies say, eh, we got it. We've got it covered. We don't yeah. need you. What about and the so, the hot toys as well? Because Brock's got. Uh, I have not really worked with hot toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've talked with them. You know, they're based in uh, Hong Kong. And yeah. hot toys really doesn't need my help. They're doing, <laughs> they're doing really good for themselves. And so they. They're, the accuracy are, are really spot on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that will buy them and they'll still customize them and make some changes on some LEDs and some other things. But, yeah. you know, I, I just I just don't get into, I get into the nuts and bolts, but I don't get down into the weeds that far. <laughs> that, that I'm going to say, well, there's one little LED that should be, uh, you know, a fraction of uh, a color brighter. Yeah. I just don't yeah. get into the weeds that far. I would not customize a hot toy if you paid me because yeah. those things are way too expensive. They're expensive enough. Yeah. But, uh, well, but yeah, I, I do carry their their products, um, but uh, I've not worked with mm-hmm. them as a term to this level. Yeah, thanks for good. I know we've got a lot of the all of our friends and lot that listen to the podcast really into the NECA and the hot toys collectibles oh, too. Yeah. So that that's really interesting to know and to find out. I I, I met the folks. At NECA uh, by going uh, to the New York Toy Fair uh, mm-hmm. two years ago, right before COVID hit. Okay, that was for the 35th anniversary, and I went two two reasons. Uh, my wife went along with me the, for the first time, and she's a huge Billy Joel fan. Of, so yes. I, I knew that I could, <laughs> I knew I could convince her to come along with me to New York and go to Toy Fair if I would get her tickets to see Billy Joel. So, <laughs> I, he was performing at Madison Square Garden oh. right down the. Awesome. So we, 
uh, went to see him for, I think, like the sixth or seventh time. Yeah. And, uh, and that was the very last show he did until like a month or two ago. We saw the very last one that he did for two years. Oh, uh, good, good. But, uh, yeah, so I went, to, I went there. I got to meet with all the reps from Playmobil, mm-hmm. NECA, Jada, oh, uh, Funko. Um, just a lot of the mm-hmm. different companies uh, were there. And so I, I got to introduce myself to a lot of them. They'd never heard of the website, didn't know who I was. And so. Yeah. I did work with uh, Playmobil on uh, some little small things. Again, Playmobil knows what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> they uh, they right. they were already knocking it out of the park, so they really mm-hmm. didn't need help on anything. But uh, but you know, anytime that there's uh, one out there and they're looking for somebody, just uh, authenticate a, a, a prototype mm-hmm. or something. I always raise my hand. I'm always eager. Yeah. For, again, I, the last thing I want is something to come out and not tarnish the the franchise but you just want something to represent yeah. uh back to the future mm-hmm. in the fullest capacity it can it can represent and so it's just um, having that love for the franchise that that we do yeah and yeah, you want was, you want the others that have that same love to get to get the best out of what they're getting yeah so i i enjoy it it's it keeps me it keeps me busy <laughs> uh like i said i've been doing it 30 years now and don't know where the end game is, but uh, I, still, I still have a lot of fun doing. Well, outside of the three movies, uh, the other day I, I I played back through and, and finished the Telltale game uh, from, a, what, 2015? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Saw your name in the credits. <laughs> um, out, outside yeah. of the three movies, <laughs> outside of the three movies, you know, whether it be the, you know, the animated series, the game, uh, the comics, you know, what? What what's your favorite aspect of Back to the Future away from the movies? It has to be the ride. The Back to the Future yeah. ride was just the one thing that really set me on this journey. And uh, uh, you know, I did uh, I did do some early stuff with Telltale Games on the uh, 2010 uh, the original game. You know, they did re release it in 2015, mm-hmm. uh, but I did uh, do some stuff with them and promotion and and so forth uh uh with that team that was a lot of fun so i you know i've, I've worked on a lot of projects and, uh it's again very gratifying to uh <clears throat> work on some documentaries and mm-hmm. you know when it finally airs you you know pause press pause hey that my, my name did get in there and so uh <laughs> and so uh that's it's a lot of fun uh, to, to work with these folks and uh, uh be a part of something that's really has taken off you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of franchises, you know, there's not too many that, you know, did three movies and then stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Back to the Future did three movies and stopped. I know yeah. there has been a musical, there's been a game, there's been a, a comic book series, there's been a ride, but there's not been additional movies. Mm-hmm. You've got these series, even, you know, Top Gun's coming out with another, you know, <laughs> yeah. years later they come out with another Top Gun. And so yeah. there's just not a lot of series that, that stopped. And so, to be able to honor the memory of that and be a part of it for so long. But, you know, Bob Gale tells the story that, you know, he's meeting these people who uh, were kids when Back to the Future came out. They were teenage in high school, early 20s, like I was. And then all of those folks have kids of their own and they're, mm-hmm. they're introducing it to their children now. Mm-hmm. And so it just perpetuates over and over and over, and it just gets bigger every year. Yeah. I mean, the 35th anniversary 
there was more merchandise that came out in 2020 than had been all of the years put together prior to that. I mean, there was yep. just so much that came out that year. You know, back when the movie, you know, there was hardly anything in 1985. <laughs> hardly anything. A few promotional items. Part two came out. There was, you know, there was a skateboard. There was a battery operated car. There was a remote control car. Mm-hmm. I've got one of those on the shelf. I can't reach right now. <laughs> uh, but there was just, you know, just not a lot of merchandising was just not a big effort from Universal Studios at mm-hmm. the time. And there was not a big demand. And at the time, Michael J. Fox was really not licensing his likeness to appear on anything. So if you ever see the game board of the pinball machine with Doc and Marty standing there, it looks like Christopher Lloyd, but that don't look anything like Michael J. Fox. <laughs> that the uh, the developer of the game had to get his son to uh, stand in for Marty McFly. Because uh, <laughs> uh, Michael was not uh, licensing his likeness at mm-hmm. the time. He has changed uh, over the years, and he is like likeness now for thankfully so just to see back to the future when you know when i first started out in the in the 80s and really started doing things after the films in the early 90s i felt all alone out here there was very few people doing it and uh now i look around and everybody's got a time machine everybody's Mm. got a website everybody's got a Facebook group. Everybody's got an Instagram account. And so, you know, it's everywhere. And it's it's very gratifying to see, you know, something that I put so much of my heart and soul into for so long really, you know, be uh uh, I'm 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 verified now. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it was not for it was not for vain. So Well, how difficult is it to run the official franchise website and social media channels well it's i mean it takes a lot of effort anytime and you know you know i know your line of work as well content is king you know you've got to keep keep content fresh and i'll be i'll I'll admit that finding time to uh keep the 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 dot-com site fresh it's a challenge Mm -hmm. uh i'm mostly updated with any official news which is very far and few between. I don't get a lot of press releases anymore. Uh, but events, I, I try to, you know, all the cast members events that are coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. You and I had talked about uh, the Nashville Symphony has uh, Back to the Future in concert. We finally get to see it. And so uh, oh, it's finally nice. in Nashville in uh, June. So I'm planning mm-hmm. on going to that finally. And uh, so I keep up with all the uh, mm-hmm. official events, you know, the musical uh, the museum exhibit out in Hollywood, uh, the the concerts, anytime they book, book new dates, uh, the Hollywood Bowl is mm-hmm. coming back again. And so I've got oh. all those cast members who are doing appearances. If they let me know that they're doing something, uh, uh, a lot of them are good to send me things. A lot of them I just have to, I just have to do uh, searches on uh, Twitter and find out some of these things for myself on mm-hmm. Facebook and all. Uh, and then a lot of people say, hey, did you know? Uh, Lloyd's going to be at this show or doing this play. So, so I, I, I try to keep up with it, but mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times life gets in the way and, yeah. and sometimes I'm slow to the oh. point getting, <laughs> getting that information out there, but, uh, and I've automated a lot of it now. I'm starting to learn that there's a lot of things out there that I can automate. It makes it a mm-hmm. lot easier. I've still got a long way to go to keep it as fresh as I would like, but, uh, 
but yeah, I, I, you know, probably like a lot of uh, content authors, you just have to kind of Google search and just kind of get out there and look and see where it's at and then retweet and reshare and so forth. So I, uh, it's, it, it, I'll say, I mean, it's a struggle, you know, I'm, I'm middle-aged now, so <laughs> uh, finding the time and work a job and, mm-hmm. and have a family right. life and everything, and being involved in your church and all it, it right. it's a, it's a juggling. Yeah. So. Well, Steven, you're in good company. Oh, <laughs> yeah, very much. We, we, we all understand. Yeah. <laughs> very yeah. much. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you, you know, you know how it is. Uh, I mean, just any kind of uh, social media, if you don't post anything and three or four days, it's like, they're dead. They're gone. Right. They, they, they're not, yeah. you know, you got to keep it fresh. You got to be, be putting content out. And so, uh, uh, I'm not a big Instagrammer. Uh, my daughter and my, my, my son have heard me over the years. I hate them. And I'm just not <laughs> a Instagram. I, I, I look at it from a business standpoint. How can I, how can I make this work for back to the future? Mm-hmm. And you know, when you can't hyperlink some things, I just, I, put stuff out there from time to time, but I'm just, I'm not active very well on, and I was very late to the game on it too. So all the back to the future accounts got, got taken up. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I've been on Facebook a very long time. I, I kind of shifted gears on Facebook. I originally was using it just to promote the website when it was bttf.com and I was kind of short sighted in it, but uh, Twitter came around. I, I had a Twitter account, but I, I was able to acquire the official Twitter account. And so I have maintained that for about as long as I've done the .com site since mm-hmm. nine years now. And so I've got a Pinterest account that I don't really do anything with either. <laughs> another one of those Me that go, Understood. Is Pinterest even still a thing? Uh, yeah, I, my know, daughter I, uses I, it. I, I <laughs> oh, okay. Out there, but I... Uh, I have to, I struggle to remember my password for it. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I don't do Snapchat. I, there's a lot of them. I don't, <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't, I don't do any of those. You're not going to see Stephen Clark out there on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> That's else. fair. I don't yeah. know. We, you know, we, Bama Geeks might get <laughs> so, you on there. You yeah. know, we might get you on there. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, just, just remember about the, the unlicensed. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna get you on that every time. He's not right yet. <laughs> Make sure you wear a yeah, license shirt when we see him in person. Current, current on content, it, that's always a struggle on a website or yeah. social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put a lot of effort into uh, running the store, the online store, and so uh, you know, not only do I work with a lot of the licensees, also carry their products. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanks, Brock, for uh, uh, supporting the site all these years, 20 years. And, Glad to. Uh, and I do it just uh, as a, as another outlet. As I, You know, I can't compete with Amazon.com. I can't uh, compete with a lot of these mm-hmm. others. But uh, uh, I'm amazed, though, sometimes people will post, hey, I just got this great toy, and I got it from the Back to the Future website. And they go, people comment, what? what's, what's the website? I go, how, how do you not know what the website <laughs> <laughs> And Pull up the Google oh. and type in back if you odds <laughs> are that's one of the first things that's gonna come out. And so a lot of people say, Well, what's what's the web address for the store? And so oh, I, I find God. myself commenting and trying to peddle it a little bit, but I I try not to be overbearing about it. Mm-hmm. But uh uh but it, you know that that part of it is frustrating when you've done something for 30 years and you're, there's still people who go, 
I had no idea that there was an official website. I had no idea there was an official account. And so we go, oh, yeah, well, the store's been around 20 years, too. And so uh, um, different domains over the years, but that is under backofthefuture.store. And uh, I've, I, you know, about a year and a half ago, almost a year and a half ago, I moved it. I, I stayed on the platform for a very long time, and I won't, I won't trash the old books that I was on, but it, it had just, they quit developing. They were not staying robust with all the e-commerce features, and I finally moved to Shopify uh, about 16 months ago, and that was the best thing I had done. I, hmm. I was probably about five years late coming to Shopify, and uh, I was, you know, when you're a one-man show, you, you just, you really can't take a website down and migrate, you know, because if I had done it by myself, it would take me months to do it by myself. But I found a, I outsourced the migration and they were able to do it in about three weeks, uh, which is fantastic for me. But, um, and I've stuck with them and doing a lot of branding over the years. They've, they had done my rebranding of my store for many incarnations, but, uh, here in about another week, uh, I'm hoping to uh, launch my first, uh, phone out. So, uh, oh, we're getting ready okay. to put a phone out uh, for the store. Uh, in both the uh, the App Store and Google Play, and so it's in testing mode right now, and uh, waiting for a few minor tweaks before I start promoting that. So I'm hoping that will help the trustworthiness of mm -hmm. uh, the store that it's got its own app, and uh, that I can do push notifications to anybody who downloads Ooh. it. Uh, okay. Don't have to rely solely on emails, <laughs> things like that. So uh, it's uh, uh, it just, you know, there's no playbook for me to go by. I just, mm -hmm. this is just organic. This mm -hmm. is just me, uh, staying current and trying to keep it going, uh, after, uh, three decades and, uh, finding new ways to market, uh, back to the future to, uh, new audiences and new fans and, uh, making it continue to work for everybody. Well, just a couple more questions for you before we, uh, wrap it up. I have to know. Your mailing address is P.O. Box 88. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did you finagle that one? Well, that was very good. I, you know, I've had two P.O. Boxes. I had one near my former employer uh, for a number of years, which you probably first ordered from. And it was, I could not secure 88 at that uh, post office. Uh, I was able to get 880. So I, I thought, okay, it's, 88.0, I'll just, that's how I justify it. So it was 880, and I used that one for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you know that I work, I also work in higher ed, and you and I have worked in higher ed for a number of years and seen each other over the years at, you know, different conferences and things like that as well. And so I started looking at my end game of retiring from, uh, uh, higher ed <laughs> a number of years back. And so I moved my P.O. box away from my employer and moved it back to my hometown, which is in Killen, just outside of Florence. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I did, I, I went in with a number of numbers that I said, okay, please tell me you've got one of these available. And I had 88 and I think I had 121. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, their their numbers didn't go all the way up to 1985 or 2015 or anything like that. They didn't mm -hmm. have enough boxes in there to go up to years. And so uh, I might have had, I might I was probably going to do 880 again or 888, but lo and behold, they had 88 available. Nice. 
Uh, <laughs> and so I said, that's the one. They said, well, it's a very small box. And I was used to a much bigger box where mm-hmm. packages, nothing fits in my box except just mail. <laughs> I, mean, I always get the yellow tags, but I said, it's worth it just to get 88 on there. So it's easy for people to remember. Mm-hmm. They know when they... They get a return address from backtofuture.com at P.O. Box 88. They know it's legit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, 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 got, I, I got very lucky with that. <laughs> we'll wrap it up with this question. Okay. We, we know you love the ride and everything, like we said, out, outside of the three movies. But all in all, what is the number one thing about Back to the Future to you? Oh, in terms of the movies or anything, the whole thing, the whole well, what, what does wow. it mean to you? What, what's your number one thing about the franchise? Well, uh, j- for me, just being involved uh, is, is uh, I still, like I said, I'm humbled and honored to be, have been involved in, in it for so long. Uh, you know, anytime I used to go back to Tom Wills, anytime, if I if Back to the Future is on and it's the Tom Wilson scene, I'm stopping. I'm, I'm watching, <laughs> and uh, I know so many stories. And so I, I, I'll tell you, th- I'll tell you this one very surreal event that happened in 2006. In 2000, 2005, we had uh, a 20th anniversary uh, screening in Hollywood at the ArcLight, and this this really tells you the power of the internet. So in, uh, I started promoting. This is still BTTF.com at the time I was working with the promoter and uh, I was promoting from here in Alabama that Christopher Lloyd and Bob Gale and Tom Wilson and Leah Thompson and Claudia Wells and uh, and one of the sound uh, folks were going to be it was, a number of people going to be there. And so it was the 20th anniversary screening. They were doing a Q&A and uh, lo and behold, after a few weeks, they completely sold it out and they had to do an, an additional screening and additional Q and a. And so being at that event really opened my eyes because I had done a lot of promotion online, a lot of emails, a lot of things on, on the website. And the promoter as one of the questions. He was just asking the audience different things. He said, how many people in the audience learned about this event from BTTF.com? And you're talking about, I'm talking about that, the arc light. If you've ever been at the Arclight, I mean, it's a big, big theater. I'd say about 70% of the people in there mm. raised their hands. Oh, wow. 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 Blown away. <laughs> if y'all in Alabama had that kind of influence yeah. all the way to Hollywood and helped them sell out not one, but two showings of it uh, from Alabama. And so wow. we did that. It was great. A year later, we did uh, a screening of. Uh, part two and part three back to back. We called it the double back screening. Was <laughs> <laughs> easy top? Uh, Perfect. Yeah, easy top. So uh, Bob Gale was there, Neil Kent was there, and Christopher Lloyd was there, and it was one of these very surreal events that, uh, again, it was a sellout. I think it was close to a sellout. It was not there, but it was at uh, at the Chinese Theater. We did it at the uh, Man's Chinese Theater, and. Uh, Christopher Lloyd actually sat in the audience with the fans who watched both part two and part three and have heard so many stories over the years from Tom Wilson. 
I was sitting there watching part three with Christopher Lloyd over my left shoulder, <laughs> one row back with his now wife. It was at that time he was dating uh, his girlfriend and her son. And they were just one row behind me where I could peripherally look back and see him. And when these particular events from part, part three came up with scenes with Chris and Tom and to look back at Tom, at, at Christopher Lloyd's expression, his laughter. That <laughs> just was, that was priceless for me because I knew all these great stories of pranks that Tom had played on Chris and all these things. And just, I can just think of Chris thinking about shooting those scenes with Tom. And mm -hmm. Tom was not in the audience that time. I, he was in the audience the year before, but wow. Those kind of surreal events. Uh, I mean, how many people get to sit in an audience with, with Christopher Lloyd sitting one row? Yeah. <laughs> I can say not me. Yeah. <laughs> that was, nope. That was uh, that was a great experience uh, to watch uh, part three with him wow. and, and to seeing him enjoy the movies with 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 fans and mm -hmm. and so you know he used to be really really shy he used to not do any interviews you you mm -hmm. can't look back and find a whole lot of interviews early I mean, he didn't do any promotional mm -hmm. for the film mm -hmm. uh, and it was like. It, Maybe only he's only been doing it maybe twelve or twelve years or so, I guess. Uh I think I credit Tony Danza. Tony Danza used to have a TV show, you know, they were both on taxi together <laughs> and he somehow convinced Chris to come on and uh do his TV show and it kind of brought him out of his shell a little bit and then more people were bringing him mm -hmm. out. He started doing comic conventions. He had never done a Comic Con before and mm -hmm. he started realizing these are fun and mm -hmm. I'm making a lot of money selling autographs, <laughs> yeah. and so uh, and now he he's doing comic conventions everywhere. Mm -hmm. He's going to line up all every every weekend this month. Yeah. Uh, well, and you know, he and now he's crossing into Star Wars. Yes, mm -hmm. and now so I mean, he's going to be. We don't know what he's going to be doing, but he's yeah, going to be in Star Wars, and so now he'll be able to bank on that too. Oh, you know, it'll be yeah. huge. How Star Wars, Star Trek, and Back to the Future. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah that's right. Wow. So, I mean. Uh, yeah. Man's hit the trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a well-rounded so, career. <laughs> so to answer your question, you know, it's a big answer, but uh, for me, just experience being, mm -hmm. you know, experiencing these things that most people really—I'm very truly blessed. Most people don't get to experience these things like that, like mm -hmm. I've been able to to be on that side of it, and yeah. so you know, to go to conventions and be, you know, before everybody gets there to get to talk with some of the cast before. People come in and get in big long lines for an autograph and be able to just hang out and talk with them. They're mm -hmm. just they're regular people. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I remember in 2008 we did a, a, a screening of Part One at in, in Celebration, Florida, and it was the Celebration uh, Exotic Car Show, and we did a screening. We bought brought in again uh, Bob and uh, uh, Claudia and Jeffrey and and Chris were there, and I had it was just a a year or so after I'd had weight loss surgery and uh, it was the first time some of them had seen me since some, uh, some drastic weight loss. <laughs> and Claudia almost didn't recognize me and she's just making a big to do over it. And Chris Lloyd's coming over and sitting down and he says, how did you lose all that weight? <laughs> <laughs> My mind's blown. I'm sitting here talking to Chris Lloyd before a screening, before anybody, there's nobody else around. We're just in an empty theater. And I'm talking about 
my my weight loss. <laughs> and so, um, so just these surreal uh, uh, experiences. It's just uh, for a, a middle aged guy from Alabama that just kind of fumbled his way into this thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just again, there's no playbook. There, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, if there's other people out there that have done a, you know, a similar thing with other franchises, I'm not aware of it. You know, you know, you, you've probably got Steve Sansweet who uh, got into the mm-hmm. likes of part of Star Wars. And that's really the closest that I know. You yeah. know, he was uh, a fan early on and got, you know, really got way up in the organization mm-hmm. with Lucasfilm. And, but so I'm not Steve Sansweet material, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we do share a name. That's about it. But uh, <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, there's just for me, it's just being able to go to events. Occasionally, people ask me for an autograph, and which is <laughs> yeah. that's the stupidest thing that somebody can. Yeah, you, you don't want my. Oh yeah, I want your autograph. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> he valued it by thirty bucks, and so it, it's it's funny to meet folks, and I really enjoy meeting people who, you know, have supported the site for mm-hmm. all these years, and for people to come up with old newsletter copies the original they were one of my original 500 subscribers to say hey i still got your newsletter so wow i don't even have that (laughs) (laughs) uh, that's that's a lot of fun to meet some of those people and you know and some of these people like lifelong friends that have been doing this stuff with me you know some collectors back when i first started and i still talk to them you know weekly uh uh, uh, and we work on a lot of projects together that are back to the future related so uh, I've surrounded myself with a lot of really good people that have uh, made me look uh, more talented than I really am. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, but it's just being at the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, uh, and I guess just uh, living, living right, living my life right. And uh, just, uh, I've just been very fortunate, very fortunate. Well, that that's awesome, and and I'm so thankful to call you my friend, and, and we are all here, my friend. Thank you, brother. <laughs> we we are all so thrilled again that you yes. were uh, willing to come on here yeah. with us. If you want to see Steve in person, you see Leah Thompson, and meet Oliver and Terry Holler, April 22nd through the 24th, the Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Expo. Yes, um, that's it. That's HSVExpo.com. Yep. Look that up, but uh, you know, there's 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 other people there besides Back to the Future uh, folks, but we uh, we we want mm-hmm. you to come see us. But uh, uh, definitely, uh, it'll be the first time I've been to the show. Uh, been trying for a couple of years, and it's, it's, I'm excited to see people in Alabama that have supported the site for so many years. And, you know, Tennessee and other areas of mm-hmm. of the South. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be good to see Leah again and the Hollers. And, uh, hopefully, um, do it again next year. For successful so uh hope so uh, but you so. you keep going to it we'll keep coming and seeing you come on come absolutely on. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for me it's a no-brainer i uh, i have just uh the site has been doing so well the last few years uh getting in a a vehicle and pulling a trailer all the way across the country doesn't appeal to me much anymore <laughs> i would use i've done it many many times and uh there's been times i've gone to california and shipped stuff ahead and flown out and sometimes i've hauled a trailer all the way to, i did salt lake city a few years ago and i'll never do that again <laughs> pretty country though 1900 miles one way no, i'm not doing that anymore but 
but yeah, there's just, uh, you know, when it's a, a local show that's in Huntsville or Birmingham or Nashville or something like that, I'm always happy to pull out everything and put on a, a, a mm. good presentation and hopefully uh, put up some things that people don't have in their collections and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll want to add to their collection and support the site. So I'm always gracious anytime somebody will, uh, will buy from us instead of going to Amazon. So. <laughs> exactly. That's, and you see on the web, on the, the video there again, back to the future.com. And you said it's back to the future.store. Yes. I mean, it's linked there under collectibles, mm-hmm. but it's also, uh, you can go directly to uh, back to the future.store. And that is the, uh, the website for the store. It's, Two different servers, two two different platforms. They they don't really integrate. I would love to integrate them a little bit more closely, but uh, they they do hyperlink to each other for now. But make sure you give Steve a follow on all the uh, the social media channels. He's got it up yeah. there in his name at Back to the Future and uh, Back to the Future dot com on Facebook, and uh, all the socials are linked there on Back to the Future dot com. Yeah. We'll go ahead and we'll throw our socials up there as well. You can follow Bama Geeks. If you've enjoyed the interview, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Steve's favorite, TikTok. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't mean to inadvertently dish y'all on TikTok. No, oh, no, no, no. We, TikTok is something new for us, too. So it's very new yeah. for us. Maybe y'all have schooled me on TikTok. Uh, I, I just, uh, we're still trying to learn ourselves, but <laughs> but yeah, you can uh, you can follow at Bama Geeks on on social media and also on Facebook. We've got a, a, a private Facebook group. Anybody's welcome to join it's Bama Geeks Front Porch because just like we've been doing with Steve, we've been sitting on the front porch. We've been having a fun conversation. That's how we like to do it in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And our last little housekeeping note: Patreon. That's where you can get the full video version. Of this interview in this episode, patreon.com slash Bama Geeks. And of course, we'll be uh, making the uh, some of the clips public on YouTube, but uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well to hear mm-hmm. the entire audio interview. We'll have that for uh, for you over the next couple of weeks with the videos and everything up. So uh, again, Steve, this has been an absolute joy and pleasure. Yeah, thank you. And I'm, I'm glad it all worked out. And I've I appreciate the interest and uh, appreciate you dedicating. Looks like two hours and uh, <laughs> no. podcast. Uh, uh, I, I know I can be very long winded, but uh, hey, I, I enjoy I enjoy what I do. It's been phenomenal. It's Thank you. Look, so. we're we're covering thirty seven years of a franchise and, and involvement, <laughs> right, so yeah. you know it's right. yeah. <laughs> and and we would love to have you back. Yes, well, sure. I would love to be back. I would, if uh, if you've got any followers that. Uh, uh, ask you some questions and want to have that that weird guy from uh, uh, Killing back. Uh, <laughs> up, I'll uh, I'll try to carve out some time. But yeah, it's 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 fun. It's uh, thirty years in, and uh, I'm still uh, I'm still ticking. So uh, uh, as long as uh, Bob Gale is still supporting me, and uh, I'm going to keep trying to do what I do. And, uh, <laughs> cool, absolutely. But, uh, but thank you for the support. And uh, again, oh, you're uh, welcome. Visit backtothefuture.com, backtothefuture.store, back to the future on Twitter. That's where the majority of my time, you know, and, and back to the future trilogy is the uh, account name on uh, Facebook. So that's where I hang cool. out most of the time. Would love to answer any other questions. Uh, I'm, I'm available on uh, 
messenger from time to time uh, when I've got some time. But uh, thank you again. It's been an honor been um, a real, real to speak and get to meet some of y'all for the first time and look forward to seeing y'all in a few weeks uh, in oh, person. Yeah. Yep. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a good, great week. Absolutely. You got, a, you got a big hug coming, my friend. Thanks so much again. We will definitely Thank try you. to have you back on in the, in the near future. And, uh, and we'll, we'll call it a night. Thanks so much for joining us here on Bama geeks. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time. We'll see you in the future. Appreciate it. In the Appreciate future. it. Thank you very much. Thanks, right. Steve. Bye guys. Thank you. Good night. Goodbye.